red blinkies. Got All a right. case of the blinkies? Are we? Here we go. Look at this happening. Got one light out, but we're okay. We're gonna deal with it. We're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna make it. That's right. We're um we're adaptable. That's right. We're flexible. I think. I don't know. For now, I'm fine. But toward the end, we'll see. I don't know how it's we'll going to affect me long term. That's fair enough. You're just being honest. Yeah. And vulnerable. That's right. I'll put that it's, in my self-evaluation. There's power, it's power in the vulnerability. That's right. Look at me go. Cool. All right. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome, everybody, to episode number 76 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. I'm Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show, where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to be talking about drying techniques during pen cleaning, uh, the best ink in standard international short cartridge format. I can't think of a more fountain pen specific question to like Very specific. lead in the intro there. Um, different things that you can add to ink to alter its performance. Hmm, some ink hacks. Like baking soda. Uh, that is not one of the things, but maybe it is. You'll have to wait and find out. It's not. Um, we have some head-to-head pen battles that we're going to do. Uh, we're going to talk about the weirdest material that we've ever seen on a pen. Like baking soda. That not, not this internal. Pretty weird. I don't, <laughs> you're all about some baking soda today. I don't today. know why I'm saying this. Um, we are going to be uh, going back through my pen collection and digging out some oldies but goodies. Because we totally just decided. Absolutely planned. 100%. Definitely not a random fallback. <laughs> Truth be told, Drew was like, hey, let's think of some pens of spotlight. I thought of three pens. We've done all three of them already. And I uh, and this was four. This was four minutes before now. So yeah. I came up with them last night, but... I mean, I didn't look up what we'd already done, so, so my recommendations were you not. Be for effort. We're not valid, right? Yeah, but I kind of get an F for effort because <laughs> none of it paid off in any way. I'm sure you didn't have access to that Google Doc. You wouldn't have been able to see. I could have looked it up. I just no, didn't. No, you okay. wouldn't. No, it's okay. Don't okay. don't underestimate how little we prepare for this. <laughs> it's not true. We actually do prepare quite a bit, but still. Eh. Um, and then we got some random shenanigans in here as well. Clearly, as we're already doing it, but um, let's start it off with some feedback, shall we? I will say one thing I didn't write down, but I did notice today on YouTube, someone said, you guys were asked a very good question and you talked about hair and nonsense and didn't even answer it. Like, just answer the question. And I just, I, I so badly like, just want to <laughs> just want to copy and paste your intro when, when we get questions like that. Because, I, bad. I don't even know what question that was. Was um, this from last week? Yeah, well, it was, yeah. We talked about man buns and stuff. Like, oh, I, I don't yeah. know. We definitely went on But I just wanted to, Sorry. you know, that, that, that's why the word um, tangential yeah, is in there. Superfluous. Like, I told Brian today, like when he came up with that intro, we had done two pen casts, and yeah. it only proves itself true and more true every become, single episode. It's so becoming more and more of a self fulfilling yeah, prophecy. I, I, yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, either way, um, first one from uh, Jeremy says uh, in reference to our, you know. Um, prognostications mm. last week about what ink we think is going to be the most popular. Yes. I mentioned, well, if there was a Reddit ink, maybe those would be popular. Okay. I have since found out that not only 
are is it going to be a Reddit ink? There are going to be two Reddit inks from Diamine this year, oh. and they're already chosen. Oh, so we're out of loop. Jeremy, let me know that uh, the Reddit inks are going to be called Celadon Cat and Sailor's Warning, and they recently oh. did a poll on Reddit where they chose between multiple different swatches of these two inks and you know variations of you know saturation and color okay. and they've been selected so those are going to be the 2023 inks they're going to do two wow so that doesn't mean we're going to get them though because when they did like when they did uh writer's blood before they did them just through reddit and then diamine decided to offer them to retailers so right just to put that out there reddit, we, we, reddit they, will be the source they've I guess. done it the last couple times though there hasn't been a reddit think, ink that they yeah. didn't eventually get to us i can't um, imagine based off their previous success that they wouldn't want to do that but it's not up to us right it's, it's kind of with if diamond decides to do that based, based on the year after year uh ink event calendar i'm to believe that oh, diamond okay. knows when they've got some potential they're, on they're, their hands they're, they're pretty good so pretty good about that kind of thing but so, yeah so definitely yeah. yeah i think that that has the potential right. to be popular we well, shall see we will pay attention to that more than we have so far so yeah and uh, we also talked about um tangential hobbies and going down rabbit holes and stuff and i mentioned that mm. i wanted to keep any sort of shaving hobby very simple i wanted something mm-hmm. like i did with my knives my watches just like have three and then be done mm-hmm. and then i had a couple people say well what watches did you end up choosing so um I'm not wearing one now because I got a injury on my wrist from one of my dogs. Uh, but anyway, the, the three that I do cycle for, through are a Tissot PR100, a DeLorean Alpha, and a Star Wars Citizen Eco Drive. So I've got three different uh, powered methods. One is an automatic, mm-hmm. one is you know a quartz, and then the other one is the Eco Drive. So. It's like solar, right? Yeah, yeah. But any any light. What about your Kermit the Frog watch? I sometimes wear Kermit. Those are the Kermit th- in there. Yeah, those yeah, are the yeah. three that I normally cycle through. But yeah, 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 Kermit shows up every now and then. I've got yeah. a couple like other watches, but those are my main. Okay. The main three in my rotation there. Fair enough. So there you go, watch people. Fun fact: I have some watches. Every single one of them that has a battery is dead because they all died during COVID, and I've not replaced any. Of I have them. not replaced my DeLorean watch battery once, and it is still going strong. I've got others that <laughs> I got since then. And wow. are already dead. I don't wow. know what's going on with that one, but it's wow. it's trucking. It keeps on going. Yeah, I do have a little kit though. So if you need anything replaced, um, oh, I might have to hit you. Let up me know. That. I've got a. Yeah. I bought a big old pack of batteries too. So all right, I can do that for you. All right, I've got a little I case might, case clamp and everything. You might regret offering that because I have a few watches. You can bring in <laughs> no more than three. <laughs> oh right. man, okay. And Done. then we also had some <laughs> feedback because we talked about pretty <clears throat> ink bottles, lovely, mm. aesthetically pleasing ink bottles. Okay. And we had a couple of folks mention that there are some quite lovely ones that we do not carry at the Goulet Pen Company. Yeah, we don't carry everything. The top three were the Graph von Faber Castell bottles, which someone described as stately, which I agree Ooh, with. That is stately, yeah. We yeah. used to carry that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Mont Blanc bottles, which are very uh practical. That mm-hmm. you kind of you can the kind boot. Of tilt tilt them and yep. you know, so those are those are there. And of course the Ackermann bottles which oh, yeah. we both those love nice. those are like oh, yeah, they're cool like the best they're, they're phenomenal yeah. but uh, yeah we can't carry those yeah um so there you go that's the feedback as it is from drew all right and i have some feedback as well this is from conrad stock still 875 says excuse me i have to cough <coughs> there we go i had some hot chocolate and got a little gunk in my throat anyway <laughs> thank you just thought you should know that <laughs> i'm also also eating chocolates If you're a chocolate, I will find you and I will eat you. Um, Okay. Anyway, Conrad says, Brian and Drew. Oh, wow. This is still a wait. Oh, wow. This is going to be a short pen cast. This is a first. Also, Brian and Drew takes an additional hour on the what's happening section. This is the chaos I've come to expect and appreciate from you guys. Well, you're very welcome, Conrad. 
I, I you called it because I said we, we were like at the hour mark. I'm we like, were oh, hell, this we is gonna be a short pencast, and you're like, I don't know, we can we can talk for a while, <laughs> and then an hour later, here we are. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can go back and watch any of the Q and As that I used to do, which were solo, um, and pretty much every single one I did, I was like. All right, well, uh, you know, it should be a pretty short one. And then I would go on for like an hour and a half by myself. So it's like, I am the, I am the common thread. When you short videos, shoot videos on your own, you're a lot quicker. I think I'm the problem. Or the solution. You, you got a lot depending to on, say, yeah. Depending on what you like. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Um, Fossil Imprint says, my son has a two stuffed giraffes. One is called giraffe and the other is other giraffe. Not making this up. Glad he's not alone. This is a reference last week to my daughter having baby and other baby. And uh, yeah, they're not the only ones. Like my son has many stuffed animals that are like puppy and other puppy or little puppy or, you know, he has Bernie is his stuffed dog. And then he has baby Bernie. So there's lots of things and baby things or things and other things that are just the very obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of that. Um, Fury Tigress says... When Brian was trying to remember the red and black resin with rose gold trim, I was screaming at my screen. The Draco. It's the Draco, which is one of my favorite Twisby pens. Well, there you go. That's me Draco. not remembering the name. Yep. I've even got one of those, and I still couldn't remember the name. But that's it. Look it up. Twisby Draco. I don't, we never did anything with it, but it was super, super, super limited. Yeah. Um, Very I don't think though. we ever even carried it. Yeah. All right. And... Uh, Fat YCC, I don't know how you pronounce that, but sorry, I butchered your name. Uh, I remember when the Diamond Blue Edition bottles came out, Brian called them Space Ottomans, which I think of whenever I see them. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I can, I, can, I can see me saying that. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, Space Ottomans, that's good. That's good. Good job, Brian, in the past. Um, yeah, that's very fitting. <clears throat> they do look like that. With the feet, you know. It, it do be like that. That's right. Kind of looks like uh, like the kind of like thing you would have in like a, a Beauty and the Beast, you know? That would mm. be like dancing around like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, it would be animate. Wasn't there like a there was a there was a footstool? Footstool, a yeah, dog, yeah, yeah, like that kind of a that kind of an ottoman, mm-hmm. like a small footstool style ottoman. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Anyway, that's all we got for feedback this week. Let's move it on to new stuff. Or will uh, we? We have nothing new really to talk about. Well, sort of. We have like a yeah, a, a throwback. Something a pretty. Something that got me excited was okay. the fact that we restocked the Twiz. Uh, sorry, Twizby Quebeco Lilliput. You always mix those I up. I know. You always call Quebeco Twizby. Yeah. Okay. Quebeco Lilliput in green, which is an aluminum pen, meaning a it's light. And B, it's cheap, like 60 bucks. Such a deal for the Lilliput. Normally, those pen. pens are way more expensive. So, yeah, boy. It is one of, if not the lightest. Bought li- one this one, morning. One of, if not the lightest pens we carry. Yes. So, it is a great little pen. It is beautiful. Such a lovely green. It's a great looking green. It I got to say. And the price, just like you cannot go wrong with that. It is such a great deal. And, yeah, it threads to post. It is fun. It is delightful. It is unobtrusive, which is something you like in yeah. the old cargo pants. It's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could forget about it, which is another one of your problems. You could, but I mean, but you could wash this thing and it probably you be could fine. wash that and it would be fine. Yeah. My mine that I ran through the wash was the fire blue. Yeah, that one. This the finish is a little more susceptible to wear than this. This you can run it through the wash and it would be fine. So I was worried <clears> that I had missed out on these because they are a limited production pen, and yeah. I thought that my chance had passing me by so when i saw that these were restocked i jumped on it 
Yeah. So if you also are like me and uh, might have thought you missed your chance, you can still get them at the Goulet Pen Company as of right now, as Tuesday. Right now. Yeah. Um, will it still be here on Friday when the studio publishes? We shall see. But uh, oh, we, I think it will be. Yeah. We got a decent stock. So there you go. That's not new, but it's exciting. It's and like a, yeah, it's like a rediscovery yeah. of an old friend that you thought uh, had moved away. Yes. That you're like, oh, you didn't actually move away. You were just uh, in a different part of town. And then I ran into you at the grocery store. Okay. This has never happened to me, but uh, it could. It could, I guess. Sure. Um, this is Brian buying time. Uh, we have nothing else new to talk about, but you can always keep uh, an eye on the coming soon and the new arrivals on our site. And let's move on to Q&A, shall we? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> this one. Yeah. Comes to us from Ryan. Okay. And Ryan is cleaning his pens right now. Oh, good. I and, do that all the time. And admits that, well... <laughs> I'm really good at doing that. You you should have some wisdom because it no. is always a memorable occasion when you do uh, that time of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan says, I know you've gone over best practices when actually cleaning, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what about when it comes to drying the pens? Do you mm-hmm. air dry, use paper towels, Q-tips? Yes. I feel like no matter what I do, there's always water left over in my pens after a good clean. Mm, okay, that's a good point. I think it's easy to... Well, it's easy to overlook some of the water in there. So I'm like kind of in the middle of the road. I'm not like a, my pen has to be spot dry before I consider the pen cleaned. I really don't, I really don't ascribe to that. It depends if you're going to be inking the clean, <laughs> inking the clean. If you're going to be inking the pen back up after you clean it, if there's a little bit of water in there, you don't need to sweat it. Ink is made mostly of water. If you got a tiny bit of water left in there, I guarantee you whatever water is in there looks and seems like a lot more water than it actually is. Mm -hmm. So even if you have, you know, if you empty it out, whatever water is kind of left standing in the pen after you've emptied it, it's not going to be enough to drastically affect. So let's say you have a back pen like the 823 or the, um, or the, uh, noise. That was the charger. Oh, okay. Battery charger. I was like, is the camera dying no, no we're fine we're okay never mind uh an 823 <laughs> or the vac 700 okay. and yeah. you clean it but then you get that, you get that like spritz that mist yes the the vacuum pump spritzy yeah. mist yeah like that happens and that that would be a negligible amount of water so mixed little in with yeah. so little water inconsequential one might absolutely say. inconsequential Boom. if it mixes with your if you're going to be inking it back up the only time i might even give it a second thought is if i was going to be storing that pen for a long time and then if that was the case, I would honestly just let it sit out for a day or so mm-hmm. with the cap off, let it kind of air dry, close it up and be on my merry way, you know? So my practice, whenever I clean my pens, I always take a paper towel and put it onto like, put it around the nib and the feed. So I kind of like grab around the nib and feed because that, that paper towel will kind of wick away most of what's, and it's not even so much what's in the pen. That's mostly just like what's left over in the feed. Because basically whenever you're using, say you're using a piston or a converter or something like that, or even a bulb syringe, well, a bulb syringe might be a little bit different, but a piston or a converter, whenever you expel everything, it's going to clear everything out of the ink chamber, but there's going to be a little bit of water left over kind of in the feed, Mm. you know? So it's always a good idea to like, you know, bring the piston back up and then push it back down. But what's going to happen when you do that, when the pen's mostly empty, it's mostly going to push the air through the filler hole it's not going to necessarily clear all of the air out of the feed. Ah. So it, so it is good just as a general practice to just take a paper towel or some kind of cloth or something and just, you know, grab it around the nib and feed for 
five seconds. It really doesn't take long. Wick away whatever moisture you can out of that feed, and then you're good to go. And that will mean that will that will basically keep you from having a slightly watery, you know, start to the next filling that you have. But that's really about it. I mean, whatever whatever water is left in there, it's again, it's not going to be enough to to drastically affect. It's just like if it's all primed with water, because like basically we, the way that your feed is designed, there's kind of a filler hole that goes along the back channel of the feed on most pens, and then where it actually comes down through to the nib is the ink chain, like the ink uh, uh, slit through the feed. That's kind of like a different a different path, if you will, through the feed. So it's um, any water that's sitting in there, if you don't take a paper towel and kind of wick that away when you uh, clean your pen, then you might start out with a, a slightly more watery look to your ink um, if you if you have a lot of water in there after a fresh inking. But honestly, after a, a few lines of writing, it's going to clear its way through and then you're going to be back to pure ink and it's going to be just fine. So I don't think you need to lose any sleep over this just as a good practice, you know, get that ink out of there or get that water out of there, sorry, with a paper towel. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll air dry. Like if I'm storing the pen, it doesn't hurt to just leave the pen, you know, sitting out. If you got a safe place to leave it, you know, I've had young kids and you might have pets or what, you know, what have you, you might have to make your own call about how safe it is to leave a bunch of disassembled pens just kind of out in the open. So, you know, do use your own discretion there. Uh, Q-tips. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same vein as using a paper towel or something. It's all cotton. It's all fiber. It'll, it'll wick stuff away. You know, if you, Certainly if you like disassemble like a vac filling pen and yeah. you can get a Q-tip in there and get more, you know, it's, it's only going to help, but it's not totally necessary. Don't feel like you have to disassemble just to get the little spritzes like Drew was talking about. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, I've also used compressed air. That's a more recent discovery for me. Um, that can be something helpful, especially if you have like a long converter or something like that, like a Con70 converter and there's like nooks and crannies in there. And if you can get that little compressed air, like the little tube that comes in there, you can kind of get it in there and just do little spritz. You just want to be careful with that because compressed air comes out cold. So you don't want to like go crazy with it because you could theoretically get like some like too cold of air and you could actually damage your pen. So just use yeah, a lot of discretion. Yeah, keep it upright for sure. And just do tiny, tiny little spritzes with compressed air. Go I will ahead. say that I would, I would, we had a comment last time we brought up compressed air where somebody who worked in some occupation where uh, they were working with very small either machine or electrical components or something mm-hmm. that they were not permitted to use compressed air because it does okay. leave behind a not a residue but something hmm. that on a very very detailed level could uh, compromise whatever small parts that this person was using in their occupation oh interesting okay so i don't think it would probably affect fountain pen ink yeah but um the places where i've used it there haven't been like small parts per se yeah but like maybe i mean maybe the inside of a cartridge Potentially, but I don't know. I just thought it was interesting because yeah, it does it, it does yeah. leave behind something noticeable according to this hmm. one comment. I, I don't okay, know, but well, good to know. Yeah, good to know. yeah. So um, use at your own discretion. For me, I if I need to have a vacuum pen totally cleared out, mm-hmm. I will leave that as unassembled as possible for two weeks. Like it, really? it, it takes long? a long time. It really <laughs> does. I've I, a couple days don't do it for me. I'll pump the pump the vacuum again, and I'll still see spritz. It takes a long time. I've done wow, that with like okay. a Visconti. Uh, vacuum filler, a power filler, hmm. and it takes weeks for all of the water to completely evaporate. Wow. And okay. you need to make sure you get that vacuum in that right position too, because hmm. if it's too far back or too far forward, oh, yeah. you're plugging things you, up. You it so it needs up. to be in that open position, not 
plugging things up, but not in the back reservoir either because mm. you're sealing one thing or the other. So it needs to be right in that sweet spot. Mm. So that's another factor. Um, and the one thing to keep in mind, if you do put a pen away, even if it's for long-term storage and you have some little droplets that, you know, if you put something away in storage over, you know, the course of a year or so, those drops eventually will evaporate. And what will be left behind are some ink, you know, dye components. All of that is water soluble anyway. So eventually you're going to ink it up again and whatever's left over is going to get mixed around. And again, it's, it's, it's negligible. So whatever little tiny bits of dye component were left over, they're just going to get reconstituted back into whatever you're filling it with. So it's not a big deal. The only time it's a big deal is if there's, you know, a large amount of ink being left behind. Yeah. I could see like maybe certain vintage pens that have like a rubber sack. Oh or, yeah. That's a know, whole other kind of thing. Then, then you're into something different We're we deal mostly with modern pens. Yeah, so that's what we're talking about. There are certain, certain material like vintage, special vintage materials that could maybe be more sensitive to being cleaned out specifically materials like casein, you know, which is like an early, that's like a water it's affected by water. <laughs> so it's like an early plastic. Um, that, that could be something. I mean, prolonged so, exposure so, to water is pretty much good for nothing. Yeah. But, so, you know, but on, honestly, most of the internal components of the pen are not largely going to be impacted by pretty much most pens, um, except maybe the filling mechanism. And I think like having this, the sacks would be the only things that I could think might be affected. Yeah. But, but we're not experts on that. No. Nor are we experts on most things. Yeah. But at least we answered this question and didn't talk about man buns. There we go. But there's still more questions to come. So let's not rule that out. All right. This question is from Alfalfa724. Uh, best ink, parentheses, found in short international cartridges. We don't talk about cartridges very much. We don't. We used to never talk about them because no one cared. No. It was they some, only wanted bottled ink. Yeah. In the past you know, like six years or so, we've definitely more provided more of a variety of cartridges and companies like Private Reserve have, you know, distributed more of a variety mm-hmm. of cartridges. Diamine, so Diamine is Diamine and Private Reserve are probably the two brands that you'll find the most variety in, in terms of color. And they offer a large amount of, well, by comparison to other cartridge only colors, a larger amount of their normal inks and cartridges. And both of them have kind of like a greatest hits selection sure um not like when you buy a greatest hit cd it's not going to be cd album whatever it's not going to have all <laughs> of the best songs but it's going to have most of the best songs and that's kind of the way these are yeah so diamine for example you've got oxblood you've got majestic blue mm-hmm. oxford blue and sherwood green mm. so solid selection there there's more but those are some of the top tier well-known yeah, we, diamine inks. i want to say we used to carry more like we carried more and then we kind of called the herd yeah based on what sold and what didn't. You know what else is there? Matator. That's a good one. Matator is there. So that's my favorite red. You can keep your oxblood. Matador is the way to go. That's the real red. But Diamond's got great reds. Syrah is in there too. So you've oh, got a good one. all yeah. your really solid, rich, deep reds that Diamond is known for are there. Yeah. And for Private Reserve, you've got Blue Suede, which is solid. And then Ebony Purple, Ebony Blue, which both are phenomenal. I love both good. of those inks. Ebony Green's good too, but they don't have that one there. Yeah. But mm. you don't need Ebony Green when you have Spearmint, my favorite mm. green and one. the green that I chose to put. Ah! Is that what you got in your little, little put? It is. I actually already had a pack of Spearmint Get out of cartridges. Wow. So I knew exactly what I was going to use. Like it was meant to be. With my it green. Just, it was just waiting. It's, it's my favorite green. And I'm glad that I, I keep a pack of Private Reserve green cartridges uh, spearmint in my desk. 
So yeah. of course I had to clean out a pen before I ink this one up because that's my rule. And <laughs> yeah. yes, it's, it's a, a lovely, rule. lovely green. Rule. Nice. So if I had to pick one ink that is the best of anything in a standard international short cartridge, I'm going to go with Private Reserve Spearmint. Really? That's yes. the one ink to rule them all, huh? I, I, I think so. I mean, it's it's such a good green and you can't and it's mm. and it's hard to find good rich greens in other brands that make cartridges. You can usually find some pretty solid blues and blacks. Yeah, yeah. Um a second place would be Matador for sure. That's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. I like Majestic Blue is a cl- classic favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. I dig dig that a lot. Cool. Um, yeah, I didn't have much to add to that. Just dye mine is pretty much my go-to just because of the range of colors and how, you know, pretty much all the colors that they have in those cartridge form. Like for me, when I'm using cartridges, um, that's where um, the words are failing me. That's where uh, like cleaning and maintenance becomes more of a more of a thought. Um, so I want something that is not going to be like really high maintenance in a cartridge ink. I want something that can, you know, why does it become more of a thought? I don't know now that I think about it. Because I you just because, throw it away. Yeah, you just throw it away. But then, I don't know. I'm more likely to... I don't know. I guess I feel like if I'm using a cartridge, I'm more likely to keep using that same cartridge. Like if I'm using a converter and I run out of ink in that pen or I want to change colors or whatever, I'll clean out the pen and I'll ink it up with something else. I'll rarely just go back and ink it up with the same thing in a cartridge converter. But if it's just a cartridge, I'm more likely to be like, nah, I don't really feel like cleaning this pen out. I'll just put the same cartridge back in and keep going. Uh, interesting. You know, because I've already got a pack of cartridges. Huh. You know, they're just kind of sitting there. I don't really feel like cleaning that pen. So I'm much more likely to just kind of pop it back in. So I want something that's going to be like okay. not not as deeply saturated maybe. Something that will just kind of go. And okay. And I won't really have to think about it a whole lot. Because that's the whole point of the cartridge is it's convenience. Yeah. You know. Not no, that, I, I think there's logic there's, there. I think there's, that, no, there's no reason you couldn't do that because essentially you can clean it out with a bulb syringe just like you would a converter. Certainly. But you know yourself. You know your own habits. And if you use, if you utilize cartridges for a different style of pen. I don't use a lot of cartridges. I'll put no. it that way. So it's, it's really not. It's probably just I don't feel like cleaning the whole thing out. Well, that sounds on brand. Sounds, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> It's really not super logical. It's just kind of the way I've defaulted to doing it. It's more of like an observation of what I've done in the past. And like, it's a really thoughtful thing I set out to do from the beginning. It's more just like, oh yeah, I guess I have, I guess I am in more lazy mode when I'm using cartridges. That might not be uncommon. There might be other folks out there that do oh, that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm cartridge, sure. cartridges, they're like set it and forget it oh, type sure. of filling. In fact, the times, okay, I'll, I'll even admit a little bit more now. There are times when I have been in such lazy mode with cartridges, I don't even bother cleaning out the pen when I change colors. I'll just put in another cartridge and be like, nah, this color is close enough. It'll what? eventually kind of work its way through. I've done that before. Yeah, I've definitely done that. Specifically where I've had like, you know, Private Reserve has had like this, uh, like a mix pack where it's like a bunch of different colors. And I've definitely like been like, eh, blue, brown, you know, it'll kind of eventually work its way through and, and all that, you know. It's it's like I'll stay within the brand, so I know it's not gonna like <laughs> gum it up or do anything crazy. But I've, I've I've definitely done that in a pinch. I've just been wow. Like, yeah, I need to write with this thing. You know, it's usually like when I'm in a meeting or like I'm I'm somewhere where like it would be inconvenient to go and like clean out this pen or go grab another pen. Like I don't want to leave the room, and I'm oh like, well, goodness. I do have these cartridges here. Let me just pop this thing in. And all right, 
So, somebody somebody muddy, out there needs to make him feel muddy, better. Muddy, brownie, bluey kind of a color, you know, whatever. If this has happened to you, if you <laughs> if you want to stand up and say your name and whether or not you have participated in this sort of behavior, it's now is like, the time. It's, it's a safe like place. three times ever I've done this. Like, it's, it's safe not place. all the time, but, you know. Oh, Brian. It happens to the best of us. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and <laughs> I'll, dis, <laughs> I'll disclaim it as like, well, let me just, let me just see what happens because then like, it, it, then I'll know. Uh-huh. I'll know more and I can like be an example for others. Right. If, if I'm sure that bad. was on your mind when you it, did it. It's a hundred percent. That's Oh my God. You know, that's honestly now that I'm reflecting back on it, that's 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 definitely oh what my motivation. You mess. <laughs> I, I at least was... those do cross my mind is like I mean, you've seen me before where I'm like messing with pen parts or whatever, and I'm like, Well, I wouldn't tell other people to do this, but yeah, let me let me push the limit here. And oh let me yeah, see what no, it, I've definitely like, seen you do that. I need before. to go past a limit to just to see what it does, and then I learn stuff. So mm. I'll I'll do that too with my pen maintenance as well, just to kind of see what happens. Now you're making up stuff. Now no, that was no, not no. on your mind when you're like, oh, let me. In no, a no, 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 no. Laziness was definitely okay, the motivation okay. in this circumstance, but the thought definitely crossed my mind of like, well, if it does do something crazy. Then it's a good story to tell. That's like, a way to justify any <laughs> terrible fountain pen behavior. Well, there you go. And I've, it sounds like I got a get out of jail <laughs> oh, free no, card. God. No, I've gone like I've flown with pens before, and I'm like, yeah, let me. I've, like I've specifically grabbed pens where I'm like, yeah, this thing is like half filled. I'm gonna put it like upside down. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I do remember it. You I'm gonna like do that. it every wrong way yeah. possible so that I can just see how bad it. Yeah, no, is. That, that's. That's you something. know, I definitely do make decisions like that just so I can learn. And my, then it's it's really for you all. It's for the, pe- for the people. I'm, my my I'm, brother is, uh, <laughs> he enjoys writing with fountain pens a lot, but he has no interest in finding out what's new or learning about anything. It's I'm, like you with the shaving. He's like, yeah, yeah. I want to use what I want to use and yeah. learn nothing more. So anything he knows about fountain, I don't even know if he's ever watched a video on our site, but he writes with a fountain pen like every day. Okay. Um, so I don't know, but sometimes I'm like, hey, you got on ink? He's like, uh, yeah, I've just been kind of like mixing the leftovers of what I had. I was like, <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, it's just kind of like, it's actually kind of nice brown. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, dude, tell me. I can get you ink. Like Everything everything devolves to brown. When you uh, just kind of mix everything together, it's going to look some kind, yeah. of, some kind of brown. Yeah. He's like, yeah, oh, it's fine. I was like, you oh have no, what the, oh, I mean, it's hard to fault, right? Like if it just if it works, then I gave him so much ink last time; he should be fine for a long time. There you go. There you but go. Uh, anyway, all right. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, question number three is from Anna Spears, mm. and Anna says, "How and why do you add water, soap, etc., to make inks behave differently?" Ooh. Okay. Little ink hacking here. A little experimentation. Mm. So usually, when I get asked questions like this, it's in the context of like ink mixing. You know, so I know that wasn't specifically addressed here. It's pretty open mind, open-ended here. Yeah, yeah. But I would say anytime you get into ink mixing, ink altering, basically anything other than just opening up a bottle of ink, inking up your pen and going on, you're into like very experimentational oh, yeah. like, territory here. And it definitely helps to know kind of what it is you're doing. Um, but very quickly you you're just, you're kind of on your own. Like no manufacturer gives you any information about what to do if you're doing more than just straight up inking up. No, the they pen. don't even tell you what this stuff is made of. Yeah, pretty much. So I guess that's why this question is coming up. Um, so we don't have any specific information about what any ink is made of basically. Um, but we know in general, there's a few different components, but the main component is water. So water is probably the single most I don't know, talked about thing or the the simplest thing to add to your ink to change its properties. And probably the safest. And the safest for sure. 
Um, water will change it the least. Um, theoretically, it's the only one that can be undone because hypothetically, if you add water to it, that water can then evaporate out of the ink. It's not easy to do that in a precise manner, but hypothetically it can happen. Eventually. Um, usually it's the opposite when your ink kind of gets like too concentrated and water evaporates, you can add water back to it to sort of reconstitute it. That's more of the situation, but anyway. So um, the thing I would do is I would stick to distilled water because that's what most of these inks are made of. So they don't have a lot of minerals and depending on your local area, you may have hard water and you know all kinds of other things in there, contaminants and whatnot, who knows? So I would use distilled water um, or at least like a bottled water or something that's like not just coming out of your tap. Um, but distilled water is, is a little more ideal. If you have like a reverse ion type filter, that's better um, as well, but distilled is good too. Um, so when you add water to your ink, there's a couple things that are gonna happen. Um, for one, it's gonna lighten up the color. It's gonna desaturate the dyes that are in that ink. So, you know, ink is mostly water, but then there's dye that gives it whatever color that it is. So the more water you're adding to it, the less dye there is. So the lighter in color that it's going to be. Um, and that's also gonna increase the shading. So if you have a really, really dark saturated ink and it just kind of looks flat on the page, adding water to it could lighten that up and make the ink or make the dye pool up in certain parts so you get some of that shading where it's like where you cross it over certain letters it looks darker or if it like put you know you put it down heavier and it kind of pulls up and looks a little darker shading is like i think one of the best things about writing with fountain pens is the ink shading um some people don't like it as much but that is definitely going to yeah. be a byproduct we've had some people in the comments say that like it's no ink should shade yeah if, if it like shades wrong. It, it means yeah. it's it is subpar um, there are definitely people that reach out where they're like the, is my pen broken because yeah. it's like doing this and like well no it's like that's it's actually a good thing like just embrace it but some people like they just don't want it they well, want there, to be there are plenty of things that color. don't do it if you if you want yeah, to see absolutely out. absolutely so um anyway if you add water to it it's going to make it's going to exacerbate that so just be aware of that um it it may this is where it gets it, it really depends on the ink but it may cause the ink to write a little drier so it sounds kind of counterintuitive because you're like well water is wet so it should write wetter but what happens is you know, you have water, you have dye, and then you have surfactants, you know, some sort of soap, glycerol, whatever, whatever surfactant that the ink manufacturer puts in there to counteract the dryness of the dye. So and surfactant breaks down the surface tension, right? Correct. It allows it, it to flow easier, Yeah. you know, so the more surfactant you have in there, the wetter the ink is going to flow out of the pen. So when you're adding more water to it, then you're effectively diluting that surfactant right. and you're cutting it down. It's probably, I mean, you would notice probably more of the shading and desaturation and color before you would notice a lot of the like drier writing feeling. But, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of goes hand in hand a little bit. So that is something that can happen um, as you're increasing the amount of water that you put in there. Um, also, it, it could decrease some of your dry time again because you're cutting the amount of the surfactant that's in there because that what causes it to flow wetter also increases your dry time um so that and and the, also the dyes in there too uh take a little longer to dry than your water so um that could also um be a factor but i don't think it's going to be like night and day it just might be a, a little happy circumstance if that does happen um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, it can sort of revive ink where maybe water is evaporated. Um, so this is this might happen, and especially if you have inks that are stored in plastic bottles, um, just the plastic, literally the plastic container itself can um, leach out a little bit over time and can can evaporate. It depends on the bottle, um, but just I mean I'm talking like 
years. Like it takes a long time for that to happen. But Does that ever happen with glass? It's much less, I mean, it doesn't really happen as much with glass. Huh. Um, but where it can happen is the cap, the seal of the cap. So depending on how it's stored and how, you know, the temperature conditions and humidity and stuff like that can exacerbate some of that. But a lot of it has to do with how well the cap is sealed. So that might be a little bit ba- differently based on, you know, one ink to another. Uh, the brand, especially where the bottle uh, design may make a difference. Um, but if you have any ink where maybe some some ink has evaporated or, you know, it, it just, it's not the level that, you know, it should be or it seems to write really dry or really, really saturated. The dry time is terrible. Um, it might be that you could add some water to it and sort of revive it back to life. Um, I've definitely had that happen with ink cartridges because the plastic they use for most ink cartridges, it's meant to be disposable. So it's like a softer plastic. It's more like it leaches more, Mm. Um, you know, and so that's the kind of thing, like it doesn't necessarily mean that the ink in there is bad, um, especially if it's like a sealed cartridge and you're like, why is this cartridge half full? Well, it wasn't, you know, it was originally filled, but it's just evaporated through the plastic over time. Well, you can puncture that and then you can basically take distilled water, syringe, fill the water back up there, shake it up, and it's basically good to go again um, most, of the, most of the time. But it's worth experimenting. Um, and then, uh, you know, just the more water is, the less the less dye and stuff that's in there. It might make your pen cleaning life a little bit easier. I know with uh, noodlers especially, they put about as much dye as you can possibly put in most of those inks. Um, so definitely in, you can um, um, dilute it just so that it's a little easier to maintain so that you can extend the life of that ink as well, get more cost effectiveness out of it as well, if that's a factor. Um, you know, particularly if you have more saturated uh, inks, uh, that's a way to extend that and make the maintenance a little easier too. Um, so that's water, simplest thing to kind of mess with. You know, if you, you always, you know, it's always easier to add more to it than it is to take it away. So if you're gonna do any of that kind of stuff, I would do it in small quantities first, like taking like an ink sample decant like two or three milliliters at a time. Don't just like go dumping a whole bunch of water into your full bottle. Cause then if you don't like how it turns out, well, now you've ruined your whole bottle. Um, that goes for any of these additives, by the way. Um, the other thing you asked about was adding soap or glycerol is what I usually hear people using. Um, you can buy like pure glycerol or I've heard other people using dish soap. There's like other stuff in dish soap that maybe I wouldn't want to put in my ink. Um, but I mean, dish soap is something you can use to clean your pen. So it's not really going to hurt anything necessarily. So it's kind of up to you, especially if you're using like a non-fragranced, you know, free and clear type of a, whatever dish soap. Um, you could try that in a pinch, just if you're just curious what it is on a pen that you don't, you know, care what happens to it as much. Um, but other people I know they'll buy like more like pure glycerol and they'll add like very, very small amounts to their ink. Um, so what that's going to do, that's again, kind of going to break the surface tension down. It's going to cause a greater increase, greater, greater increase of flow. So if you have any pen that's running particularly dry, you can add glycerol to it and get that ink blowing wetter. Now I haven't actually messed around with this much myself, but I know other people that have, and it's like, it's not now as common as water, but it's definitely one of the more common like additives that yeah. I've heard of. And it's, I haven't heard of it going completely terribly for anybody. So I think it's, a relatively, you know, benign experimental thing that you can do. Um, I really don't know how it impacts things like color and saturation. I would imagine not much because you might be adding like a drop to like a pretty sizable amount of ink. So I don't think it's going to change anything like color wise. Um, and I have no idea how it impacts the pen cleaning, if it makes it easier or whatever. I don't really know. I've never really heard of that. So my thought is that it probably doesn't make that much of a difference. If anything, I would think it would make it easier, but I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Um, another additive, biocides. 
Now, this is something that is to keep mold from growing in it. This is a thing. Most inks come with biocides in them, so I don't really know of any like aftermarket biocide to use. And nothing we could trust. Yeah, so it is something that's in the ink. But most inks. M- most inks, yeah, most inks. I think Urban is the only one I know that doesn't. They're like try to be like more pure about it. Yeah, there's. we still don't know hardly anything about this is the, like what, what makes up these inks. So there could be others, but yeah, that was one we did know that at one point anyway, yeah. Urban was uh, biocide free. Yeah, and that they went to that maybe what six, seven years ago, something like that. Or they might have started. For all we know, I don't, I don't know. If I know that's it was still like a, a thing. I know it was a thing. Yeah, I think it's still a thing. Okay. I think it is because they yeah. did have some issues years and years ago. Yeah, very, very few though. I mean, yeah. honestly, no more than anybody else has ever had. So. Um, I know they had to like be, they had to be much more attentive about like the sterility of their bottles and stuff like that in their process. But, um, you know, it's been all this time and it's gone pretty well. Um, So biocides are in there, but I don't really don't know of anybody that's added any to them. I'm curious if any of you know of any, but typically if there's like mold and like stuff growing in your ink, it's pretty much a goner. Yeah, too late. I don't really know of a way to bring it back. Um, And then the other thing that I thought was worth a mention, if you are mixing any kind of inks, there's a couple of brands out there that have uh, what's called dilution liquid mm-hmm. or like a dilution ink. I know Diatromentis has one for their um, document. Uh, document. And then I think Platinum has had it before. They as have well had it. For they, their they mix-free set. They had a set, yeah. Yeah. It's never very popular and people are always, I think Sailor might have some too, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. They and Noodlers like has Whiteness set. of the Whale, which is kind of a additive. <sighs> Um, that's that's not a dilution liquid so no. much. That's more of like a makes like it a, milkier, lighter in color sort of yeah. thing. That's a weird, that's just a weird ink. Yeah. Um, and I think Paniter, they had their ink Alchemist set. That one's full of that, all sorts of stuff. That had a yeah. dilution liquid in it too. But basically, from what I understand, all these dilution liquids, it's essentially clear ink. So it's the same... Um, whatever, wetness properties, mm-hmm. drying properties, all that. It's not just a bottle of water. It's the same properties of the ink, just without any color. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to mix and dilute your ink in color-wise, but not change its properties like straight-up water might do, that's where dilution liquids come in. But again, they're not vastly popular. We haven't tried like mixing them across brands or anything like that. I would imagine most of them are probably fairly similar in property, but I don't really yeah, we get far more questions about mixing ink than we do sales regarding mixable <laughs> ink, mixing ink things types. Or people that actually do Yeah, mix we, it's ink. always been something that has promoted curiosity, but whenever we have sold some of the things that you've mentioned, it's yeah. been pretty flat. Yeah. The, so, the, the detrimentous dilution liquid is the only thing that seems to want to stick around. Yeah, and that's, you know, those are mostly, I think, artists and stuff that are mixing inks like much more intentionally like that or folks like your brother who just mix inks because they oh. just that's what they have around so but they're, they're not going to buy dilution liquid no yeah. <laughs> not at all i'm not gonna buy anything yeah uh, <laughs> there you go he's got why, a free ride why would he he's just go give him stuff yep um all right moving on all right this yeah. is a you though this is a, a username i don't even know if uh, whatever it is sorry yeah. can't pronounce it um pen battle which pens function better as a pen? I don't know. If you could mix it up, if you guys do more than once. Okay. All right. So this was pretty uh, a pretty open to interpretation question, but it did get me <laughs> sure. thinking about how in the past mm. we have had pen battle we have, videos. Yeah, and ones. Uh, they've mm. been pretty fun. So I thought that, all right, well, whatever Furker Jarker Jews, Fours, 
doing here. Well, we could just kind of take it and roll with it. I've got four potential debates here. Uh, Metropolitan versus Pilot Explorer, Twisby Swipe versus Lamy Safari, Pilot Custom 74 versus Sailor 1911, or Twisby VAC 700 versus Pilot Custom 823. I will do any of these. You can pick a side. I can pick a side. And we'll just, we'll just, we'll just riff. Okay. Do you feel strongly about any of these? I mean, I can argue either side of any of them. So I think it'd be kind Same. of fun if we just mix it up. Same. All right. Well, um, yeah, but you pick the first one. I'll pick the second one, and we'll just. We want you want to do two? There. Oh, I was thinking we were going to do them all, but yeah. Oh God, that no, would, no, that we're not going to do them all. That would run on for a bit. Yeah, I figured one. That would run on for a bit. Oh, okay. Um, let's start with one. Let's see. I know you like the swipe. Swipe versus Safari is interesting. Metropolitan versus Explorer. You're very much in the Explorer camp. I very much am. I could make you argue for the Metropolitan. Though. That'd be kind of interesting. Sure. Um, Custom 74. Let's, you know, that one's interesting. All right, let's do, I kind of like the idea of making one of us argue against the thing that we're really kind of known for. I don't know why. Okay. Um, so do you want you to, do you want me to argue against the swipe or do you want to argue against the 74? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, let's do, well, which do you feel? I feel like I could do any of these. All right, well, I could, let's, I let's... Could, I could argue against the 74. That'd be kind of fun. All right, let's argue against the 74. Okay. All right. So you'll be pro 74. Pro 74. I'm pro 1911. There you go. And that's how we're going to do it. Okay. All right. Well, first things first, let me, let's talk affordability. The, how dare you? The Custom 74, way more affordable <laughs> than the 1911s. Even the small one, it's still a better deal to get a 74. What say you? Um, okay. We're we just going to go like point by point like this. Sure. Whatever. If you have any points, uh, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> a little trash talking here. I mean, I'll come up with some points real quick. We'll see. Um, you know, money's not everything, Drew. Uh, That's what I'll say. Mm. And, uh, I'll say, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's in the eye of the be- beholder. Boy, this is tough. Um, okay. <laughs> So what I will say is that yeah okay the Pilot Custom seventy four is you haven't said more affordable. I'm stalling. <laughs> it is more affordable, but you get a huge range of options for the nineteen eleven. So you get a variety of sizes. The nib options you have are tremendous. Mm, that's true. And the color options, like they're coming out with new stuff all the time. So part of what you're paying for is innovation. Mm-hmm. Custom seventy four, it's a lot more limited. It's pretty much. I mean, they got a few colors, but it's it's a little bit more take it or leave it. With Sailor, you got a lot more options. They do, but let me talk about how wonderful the Con 70 converter is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. Yeah. Yeah, tell me about this Con 70, Drew. That's so good. It's it's uh, Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. It's got a button. <laughs> it does That's, have a button. Sometimes it's works. It's a very unique design. Yeah. <sighs> no. Um, incapacity. <laughs> uh, the okay. Pilot Con 70 converter dwarfs the Sailor converter or the cartridge in incapacity. Okay. Even okay. if you feel the need to syringe fill it, you still get a massive incapacity. That's true. And it does come with that pen, so I can't discount that. It does. You get it packaged in. You do. And yes, new colors might not come out quite as often as Sailor, but they do come out. The Custom 74 is one of Pilot's most, uh, you know, they pay attention to that model more so than others in terms of giving it new colors here and there. They have done something new with it ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, to, comparatively, that <laughs> uh-huh. is that is quite a lot. Yeah. Comparatively, it is the yeah. most, the widest variety in the, in the Pilot line, the most frequently updated. Well, in the Custom line. I think. Yeah. yeah oh, the vanishing definitely. point. The vanishing point is more variety. Once a year, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's that. I will say okay. it's very comfortable. 
Uh, the grip section is very, very comfortable. Mm -hmm. It's easy to disassemble, very okay. reliable to disassemble, sure. strong friction fit feed and nib. You always you can set the nib right in that little channel of the feed, always get it in the perfect. You don't need to have it in a certain orientation. It goes in any way. Mm -hmm. It's resilient, not going to accidentally break anything off. So it stands up to a lot of repeated cleanings mm -hmm. and uh, beautiful jewel tone transparencies. Yeah, you do get that. You do get that. Um, 1911s, I think um, if you're talking about... <clears throat> Well, I'm not going to represent anything you just talked about. The nib options, not just in terms of the size, but the color, like the bicolor nibs are stunning on those sailors. I think aesthetically, if they you like that sort really of thing, really nail it. If you're, if you're into if things you, like aesthetics. If you like that sort of thing, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely get some like jewel tone, kind of like clearish ones, or you can get ones that aren't. If you what like if you to wanted, hide I, what's what if you wanted band. something that was not a bunch of weird colors though, like the simplicity they of have, the Custom Seventy Four, one uniform color with just some subdued smoke and caps and grip section. That is uniform. It doesn't scream. Look at me. You can get that on the sailors. No, it's either get... it's either black and boring or ostentatious and obnoxious. Oh, that's not true. Uh, Just look at our stealth purple that we can't. Well, that's a pro year technically. It's not an eighteen eleven. Mm -hmm. So that's a bad example. Get out of here with that. Uh, you can talk okay. about the wicked witch. Wicked witch. That one. That one's. That one's a pen. That's in there. There's others too. That yeah, I maybe don't a few. remember offhand. Yeah, maybe a few. You kind of get all kinds of options. Still yeah. though, you could get two custom seventy fours. Well, maybe not two, but mm, well, didn't they just increase their prices? They through? did. They're not they quite did. as affordable as they. That's used what Pilot to has be. going for it, Brian. Is consistency. You cannot <laughs> deny that the Pilot nib, the gold Pilot nib, is one of the most consistent riders in the industry today. It is a dang fine nib. I can't. <laughs> I can't argue against that. It is. It is okay. So if you like, this is so hard because I do prefer that nib. Uh, if you like. A really good, riding, smooth, <laughs> soft nib, then yeah, that is a good one. But maybe you don't like that and you want a stiffer <laughs> nib that's also really good. It just feels a little different. A little like and, a toothpick. Yeah, but not a No, no, no. Like no, a no. toothpick on a piece of paper. No, no, no. Okay, if you want to be like slipping and sliding all over the page, <laughs> like you're trying to go to an ice skating rink at King's Dominion with blades that are just like cut in a square, then yeah, that's that's fine. You can do that. But if you want to like know exactly where you are on the page at all times and you want to feel grounded in your writing and like you can just like pivot like on a dime, mm -hmm. then then that bite that you get, that little bit of bite that you, you get like with Sailor. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like the ice skate that's just like cutting into that ice. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can just, you know, do a triple axle like any moment, any, at any moment. Yeah, that's, that's what you get, you yeah. know? That's how it happens. I'm, I'm sold. Yeah. Uh, when you go back into your office, all your custom 74s are going to look at you like, what have you done? I feel like you betrayed us. How dare you? I'm really trying here. I'm trying here. All right. No, they just, they well, write differently. They write differently. That's all. They're great pens. Sure. Okay. Okay. But but the I would say the, the bigger you go, so if you get up to like a king of pens, then you're getting more to that like softer feel. So you, you get a range depending on, you know, which type of writing true. experience you want. You can get more of that softer feel or you can get... A little bit yeah. stiffer. I mean, that's true. The Pilot Custom, Custom 74 does not need to compensate for its interest by offering three different styles of itself. It's <laughs> it's confident and secure in its own that's right. self yeah, so that it knows, the, it knows it's enough. Yes, because that Custom Heritage 92 
is like that's so not a 74 oh, that's not we're yeah. talking about the 74 and the 1911 brian uh-huh. yeah oh yes they're so vast you're or you're pens. saying different that's numbers right. what's a 92 yeah, what i don't about know the, the custom 742 that's, like those are different. that's a different that's a 43 that's a completely well. different number yeah those completely. are different if you've numbers, got 70, 74 of something and 743 <laughs> of something they're not the same you know, those who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones there, Drew. What? Those, so who's glass houses? Pilot, pilot's pens. Uh, they got some. They got some ones that look pretty ah, similar to some others. Bah humbug. It's not just sailor. All right. Okay. Have we concluded anything here? I think that uh, we have concluded <laughs> that uh, they're well, both excellent. They're both really good. This is really hard to argue against any yeah. of them, but yeah, they really are just different pens. But anyway, both great. Yeah, both great. Oh yes. So anyway, I don't know if that was helpful at all. Do you want to do, you want to do another one or be done with this one? <laughs> we so. could try another one if you want. If people like how awkward this is. All right. We could do that. Do you want to do another? Do you want to do one where we like feel a little more strongly about it? Or do you I mean, to, I could destroy. you want to keep could, it awkward? I could destroy you uh, if you go Lami Safari and I go swipe. All right. Let's do it then. All right. Let's go. All right. Now we're back in our own camp. Okay. Here. Okay. You want to kick it off? They're both. Are they, are they both the same price? They're close, yeah. Okay. Safari is uh, well. This you know, swipe might be a little bit less. It's it's really comparable. Yeah, I know they're pretty close. I know a lot of prices. Okay. Swipe, swipe is, is 26, not twenty. Yeah, and the, the Safari is like twenty seven sixty or something. So okay. it's pretty pretty. So much how many call. converters does the uh, Safari come with, huh? Uh, For that price, depends how many you add on. To the, <laughs> <laughs> as many as you want. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, you know what? The Twisby got some to spare if you need some because yeah, okay. the Twisby comes with not one, but mm-hmm. two converters um, uh-huh, uh-huh. for the same price or a little bit cheaper, as well as a very large converter a cart- cartridge. Yeah. I'm not trying to say it's better, you know, sizes and everything, but yeah. uh, uh-huh. it does have oh, yeah, okay. a much larger cartridge. Yeah. And you can it, get like any so, color you want as long as it's black, right? You know, that's the. Uh, uh, sure. Just like Lamy <laughs> has any color you want. Lamy's got it's all blue. They got all kinds of colors. It's got like, the cartridge it's got is like always seven blue. times the colors that you can all get. All right. And then the Twisby swipe also comes in a re sealable carrying hard shell case, whereas the okay. Safari is a flimsy. Yeah. somewhat see-through cage of paper. Oh, okay. So you're cool with just like having extra plastic that ends up in the ocean because you're definitely not carrying I'm not throwing that. it away. It's not you, ending up in the I ocean. I don't see you carrying it's that case my, around my, with you everywhere. I do because it comes with so much crap I have to store it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. So I you, have to keep my spring <laughs> and my random pieces. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, so yes, I do have to keep the, it. <laughs> So if there's one thing I love, it's a bunch of extra parts and pieces to keep around with my pen. You get, it's bang mo- for your buck, I'm man. I'm most definitely going to keep bang track of all that and uh, be able to maintain that over time. If right? you don't have a spring to hold your cartridge in place, where is it going to yeah. go? Well, Who knows what would happen? And why would you need extra springs? Is that for when you like lose them? Well, it only because comes with one spring. <laughs> but you don't need it if you have uh, one of the other two converters okay, happening there. So just... There's uh, giving ex- extemporaneous springs. I will there. say, I will say, they both have <laughs> pretty horrendous clips in their own ways. What clips? I mean, they look like clips, but they certainly aren't clips. <laughs> I, no, no, I'm saying the Safari and the, the oh, swipe, the Safari like, is at least functional. Safari it, is functional. It might be a chonky paper clip, but it will <laughs> yes. at least hold a pen onto it will, a thing. It will go into <laughs> fabric. The uh, yeah, you know, the swipe doesn't have a clip. It's yeah. basically the same clip as the Pelicano Junior has, which is just welded to the cap and not even a clip it's like a little piece of plastic that just kind of curves upward at the end yeah i actually just snapped the clip off my pelicano junior 
I thought it didn't really have a clip. It doesn't really. I was trying to just take it out of my pen case and the, the clip part just like grabbed on to the, the, the elastic band and it just snapped right off. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, the swipe so, doesn't have It's not there. really about the swipe. No, no, no. Because at least a swipe clip is metal. So you got that going for you. It, it, yeah, it does. So. Um, but as far as an entry-level pen goes, the swipe is better because it comes with a bunch of different filling options. You could go straight bottle ink. You can start mm -hmm. off with a cartridge if you want to. Yeah. You can graduate to the fun little uh, um, pumpy converter, which is what mm -hmm. the Con70 should be. But oh, well, uh, let's not cross over into yeah. other other territories I'm here. I'm saying it was let's keep, it, let's keep it between the Safari and the Swipe. Okay? All right, I'm just saying it's 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 a it's a it's a mover and a shaker is what it is. Okay, it is a disruptor. Yeah. Okay. Is that why it's been uh, one of the top selling pens for the last uh, forty years? Give it time. <laughs> time will tell. I don't think time is going to tell. Time will tell. Not Safari. I don't know. There's a reason why they come out with. A batch of them every year for these special editions. That's just because big, big fountain pen is behind them. Big fountain pen. Big fountain pen. What is big it's, fountain? It's pen? all. It's all. Are we big fountain pen? No, it's no Lamy. Lamy's the machine, man. Lamy's the man. They do have a lot of machines. And I will say that Twisby's the young wolf. Twisby's been around for a minute. I mean. They've been making pens for like 50 years, but just the Twisby brand yeah. is like 12 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But uh, right. more fun out of the box. Ooh, I don't know about that. You mm. know what? It's fun swapping nibs, getting spare nibs, black nibs, calligraphy oh, okay. nibs. You know, that's pretty yeah. fun. You know what's fun, fun is uh, being able to get your feed back <clears throat> in your pen without borking it. Uh, which... Which pen are you knocking on that front? Because uh, The Safari or the All-Star or <laughs> anything with that feed. Because if you put it in the wrong way, bricked. Uh, well. You can't brick a Twisby unless you. Unless you rip the fins off. Rip all the, the fins the, off. The, there's no flimsy fins okay. happening on a Okay, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Stay I was going to say, be, be careful there because okay. uh, Twisby, you know, you know they, they're pretty solid. It, would, it still works with the screwed up fins, though. It still functions. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. The ink channel still intact. Yeah, if you just if not you jam the if you jam the uh, the Lamy feed in there the wrong way, yeah, that's not going to be good for you. But you don't have to take that feed out. There's no reason to, unless you you know accidentally do it, which then you got to be careful putting it back in. Yeah, that definitely. I'll happens. give you that. Give and you, you that. can change the nib on the swipe. You just need to buy one from a Twisby Mini, <laughs> which costs as much as a swipe. Yes, <laughs> you basically have to buy another swipe. Yes, with uh, no pen attached to it. But then you get a whole bunch of springs yes! and converters <laughs> to go along with it. So <laughs> that's uh, cool. Ah. Just think of it as you're buying a nib and you get a whole bunch of extra stuff. There you go. Yeah, that's 100%, 100%. cool. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, how about all those great colors that they have in the uh, swipe? Uh, you know, black. Technically, how blue, many? Oh, hold on, hold your horses. Clear or how, blue, which how I do many, like. How many green current? How many current safaris colors do we have right now? I uh, bet you'll be surprised. Uh, several. Fewer than ten. Uh, like regular editions or yes. special editions? Any anything on our site right now? I have to look it up. I'm guessing fewer than ten. I think it's way more competitive than you think it is. Um, I'm showing 16. Six. Oh, 16. 16 total right. when I okay. do the search, but there are some special editions in there. Okay. And there's a oh, couple oh. of sets. Okay, so if you okay. remove the special editions. Okay, the special editions, let's see here. Well, we got some older special editions that are kind of still hanging around here. Oh, because no one wants them. Because they made enough of them. 
Oh, well. For them to stick around. They also made enough of the... The swipe Ford Edsel. I, the, I don't know. They made too many Ford Edsel. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted those. <laughs> Are you comparing a Safari to an Edsel? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Safari. I don't mean it. Wow. Oh man, but uh, it's it's more competitive than you would think. Like Twisby, I think has like mm. six, seven colors for their swipe. Of currently available, they don't have six or seven. Get out of here. They have six. How many swipes? Are- no. They- no. Come on. No, you're six. One of us is remembering six. wrong. Five. Six. Five. All right. Five. Okay. That's, Black, blue, salmon. That's basically that's seven. That's a winner. Ice blue, which I do like. They called it something different overseas. It was much more appealing. It was like coral or something nice. Instead not, of salmon. Not salmon. Salmon is not the most appealing. No, I don't want a, I don't want a pen that's named after fish. Yeah. It just doesn't. Unless it's barracuda. I mean, that is a cool Because that's a cool fish. That's a cool fish. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well. Pros and cons on both sides. All right. I don't know who They're won. both great starter pens. <laughs> they both have their pluses and minuses. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, let's move on to question number five. We're an hour in. All right. Finally. Oh, we're making good time, Drew. We may, may not Oh, yeah. It's going to be a really good yeah, this yeah. time. <laughs> All right. Imperator Lucius. Oh, boy. Okay. Asks. I do have a bunch of bullets for this one. What is the weirdest material you've seen on a pen? <clears throat> weirdest material. So we need to qualify this with like, are we talking commercially available fountain pens? Because if I go back to my pen making days, I saw some weird stuff. But this was more like, let's stick with fountain experimental pens. boutique kind of. Let's things. think. Let's stick at least with fountain pens. Okay, fountain pens like made by a, not made by a. Let's see here. Not necessarily. If you've seen some, I think made, we just want made weird by stuff. someone who's making a living making pens. I think that's a good line to draw. Because in, in the pen making world, like you can make a kit pen and throw a fountain pen nib on it. That's true. It's technically a fountain pen, but you're not making fountain pens. Give 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 it just for fun. Give us one of the weirdest ones you have seen in that realm. Just for um, just a, for hilarity's sake. A, a cat turd. What? Yep. So when you get into resin casting and you get like cast your own resin you get into all kinds of weird stuff. And there's pen makers out there who are like, hey, I wonder what, and there's literally like threads on places like the International Association of Pen Turners where people are like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever cast into a pen? This, these types of questions. And, you know, I've, I personally have cat, not done a cat turd, but I've done uh, sawdust. I've done steel wool, shredded money. I've seen, I remember that I've done that like one, yeah. Scotch-Brite pads. Um, other people done like cat food. I would totally cat give things. somebody like a cat turd pen and tell them it's some some exotic wood. So they like went their whole life telling all their friends that it was some like fancy yeah. bubinga there's, bonga. There's there's something. I don't remember if this is a commercially available thing. I wish I could remember the name of it, but there's one material that's basically like a fossilized dinosaur turd. I can't remember what it is, but it's like a, a, a quasi-legitimate yeah. material. No, that's legit. I've heard of those. Yeah. And I want to say there was a pen made out of that at some point. Probably. I don't yeah. know if this is a pen maker thing or whatever. But anyway, so that that I don't really consider to no. be like, you know. But it, All right. So what about what about- The cat was weird. What about commercially available stuff? Commercially available. Um, I would say the weirdness level definitely steps down a few notches because- there's all kinds of considerations you have to make when you're yeah. making something into like, this is a fountain pen that I'm going to sell. Mm-hmm. I have a business with a reputation and I want this to last for a long time. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be so much in the weird experimental type stuff. You know, there's going to be some fairly tried and true materials. They're going to hold up reasonably well. 
Um, so the weirdness steps down a little bit. Um, so nothing too crazy out of left field. Um, I've seen some that are made out of like recycled like bottle caps or recycled water bottles. I know Pilot actually made some uh, roller Pilot, balls like yeah, that. Yeah, they made some like ballpoint rollerball types that I forget what it was called, like back to bottle or bottle to something, yeah. whatever. Um, that I don't know if they ever made it in a fountain pen, but they had like a whole series that they made that was mm-hmm. recycled water bottles. It actually looked like the water bottle. They had the rigid. Yeah, they kind of went with the yeah. they went with that design. Um, one of the most interesting ones I have is from Lamy, the Lamy Lady. Oh, I hate that. Which thing. comes from the 90s. It's made of porcelain, so which weird. is a very, I mean, it's a pretty interesting from an aesthetic standpoint. It is. But the material itself, it's like very dense and it's kind of cold. Yeah, it freaks me you out. You know, it's a very interesting pen. That, that, that I think qualifies under, this is pretty weird. Porcelain, yeah. Porcelain's weird. I would say ebonite is kind of weird. Like in the pen world, ebonite's maybe not that weird, but you don't come across ebonite almost anywhere else no. in your life. So it is kind of a weird material. I mean, by the, the same token, person. you've got, you know, a basaltic lava resin. Like that's... That's kind of weird. That's probably the weirdest, most famous fountain pen material. Like if you, if you had the intersection of weird and well-known, yeah. you got to put the Homo sapiens lava up there. That one's pretty weird. Um, I would say that wood pens, there's a lot of wood pens that can get kind of weird. There's some weird woods. A lot of times when they mash What's up... What's a weird wood? Oh, I don't know. Because um, to me, wood's wood. I don't know what makes a weird wood. I mean, you can get some woods like, I'm, I wouldn't say weird so much, but like olive wood has like a very striking grain. Oh, it okay. looks very different. Yeah. A lot of people might think that that's weird. Uh, some, um, some people, like these aren't like major makers, but I have seen some independent makers that source uh, wood from reclaimed building, not reclaimed, like reclaimed wood from, from buildings, buildings from, like, you know. You can get like bog oak, like re, like oak that's like dredged up from the bottom of a river, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. Or but like, like historical, like, you know, oh, this yeah. is Abe Lincoln's bathroom floor plank or something like yeah. that. You know, I've seen people make sense right. out of weird historical stuff. I guess it depends if you consider weird with like a negative connotation, like strange, why would anybody want this? Or weird as in like unique, interesting you know, that kind of a thing. Because that now you're getting into things that I would maybe, I could call weird, but I would maybe necessar- not necessarily use that word to wasn't, describe it. Wasn't them. there one pen that like actually had like some sort of like Lincoln DNA in it or something like that? Yeah, there have been some pens like that. Like that's weird. That out there. Yeah, that's That's, that's super weird. weird. I mean, how about Banu? Banu's got some weird yeah. stuff. Like having real four-leaf clovers in the talisman. Like that's the true. dream bean and stuff like that. That's true. All that's in there. That's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, it's cool, but it's yeah, weird. Oh yeah, super cool. Super yeah. cool. So it's like having little parts of whatever the thing. And the yeah, tal- all, all, the of, all of the talisman sex, all yeah. of the talisman pens actually have that thing in there, whether it's yeah. the actual mandrake root. It's, I don't know how they incorporate it, and they don't really publicize a lot about how they get in there, but it, yeah. it's in there. It's, it's in, in there, there in some form. I don't know if I would say it's like that material because it's not really like no. made of that it's like in there somewhere i think it's worth mentioning though because okay. it, it is super fair enough. weird yeah fair enough there have been some funky leather pens i've seen uh leather is a weird sometimes it's that's not, a weird fountain pen material it is sometimes like conklin has like a leather wrap which is kind of like eh, borderline weird but then remember those platinum ones that were like brownish like almost they like a like, football they were sheep, lumps sheepskin that was weird that's weird those were weird leather pens are weird to me they None of, they them seem, me... none of them seem right. Like No, that, that bumpiness. I'm not even talking from like an ethical standpoint or anything. It's just like, especially because like leather stains really easily yeah. with ink. And I'm just like, this is just not the medium. Wood is kind of like that too a little bit. Wood yeah, can be tastefully done but, but, and I love but wood. But we, it's like, we, like eh. as a species, the humans have had wooden tools and utensils for a long time. Sure. Using 
like things that are actually like we use leather for different purposes other than like holding something and literally just to like touch i mean leather handles are one thing but to get you like better grip yeah sure but for when the whole thing is leather i don't know there's some sort of like remove it's a little weird i almost i almost wouldn't feel as weird if it was like a, a strip of leather around the grip or something like that. The whole pen, though, being made of leather. I don't think that pen, the, I don't think the grip is leather. I think it's just the body of the pen. That's so weird. It's not for gripping purposes. That's so weird. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I had the Visconti Il Magnifico, the body that's marble. Oh, yeah, no. That's kind of like the porcelain. Like, and the pen is so heavy. Yeah. Like, it's a it's a gorgeous pen. Mm-hmm. I do like it. But it's it's a little it's a little strange. It's a little strange. Yeah. Um, and then I had the Twisby Micarta. Micarta is a pretty weird material. Micarta like a, is weird. It's like a pressed paper, basically. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, a, I don't even know. Micarta is like, it's, it's a own, linen. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a linen fabric, yeah. right? But it's like. In, in, impregnated, impregnated with resin. With like yeah. resin. Yeah. So that's, that's a little weird too. It the is It looked weird. a little weird. It felt kind of weird. But you see that sort of stuff in folding knives and other, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah it's definitely weird and yeah. hard to do. But you've seen it in other pens, too. Um, and there's other, like, knife scale materials that have seen, like G10 and yep. um, Delrin I, and stuff like that. You can't. It, it's super hard to make a pen out of G10, <clears throat> though. Really? Um, yeah. I talked to uh, Brian Gray from Edison Pens, and he said it broke his machine. Huh. It can be done. Is it because it's so hard? Uh, I think so. Huh. Yeah. But... Uh, he made one for um, Brad Dowdy of the Pen Addict. So there, okay. Brad Dowdy has an orange, of course, G10 wow. pen, and I think that act, that pen actually caused a casualty. And oh my god, so I'm pretty sure it was Edison that that made it. But uh, wow, yeah, he has one, but uh, you won't. I don't know if you'll ever see a G10 like pen I mass mean, produced. There is a reason why there's some things you don't see made because they either yeah. don't make good pens or it's like so wildly impractical. Yeah. That it just isn't economically feasible. I think somebody will do it eventually, but... There's another material. I can't... You can help me remember what it is. It's sort of like a carbon fiber weave, but it's got like copper or something. Yeah, the lightning strike carbon fiber. Lightning strike, yeah. Yeah, is that what that's called? Mm -hmm. That's pretty weird. Yeah, I think it's meant for... I think it's it's meant for like carbon fiber lightning rods. It's like a conductor. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty difficult to make the pen out of, from what I understand. I'm, I'm sure. I'm but, sure. Carbon fiber in general is difficult to work with, especially you know when yeah. it's like real carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. It's, it can peel and flake and fray. Anything yeah. that like that, you know, can be super. Like the yeah. uh, um, this the material that the Back to the Future Paniter pen is made out of. It's that carbon. It's almost like rings, like stacked carbon. Okay. That's really hard to work with. I believe hmm. I, I heard that that pen has an astronomical error rate. Hmm. Like half of them break, I think. Wow. It's terrible. Jeez. Yeah. There you go. So there's definitely cool. some weird pens out there, but I'd love to know if anyone else has anything. I, I know that if uh, yeah. anyone out there has a connection to an independent ter- pen turner, somebody like that, you probably know of some really crazy designs that have at least been sent to one person, if not mass produced. Cool. All right. Good deal. Good question. All right, we're going to move along. We don't have a pen spotlight, but we are going to go down memory lane. Drew pulled some pens out of my cabinet, so we're going to check those out. This one's not a crazy one. I did pick it random, so um, okay. This one's not going to be not going to have a ton to talk about, but okay. uh, fair enough. Let me. Uh, are we going to do the whole phone thing? Yeah, just right. we'll zoom in. There we go. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh yeah, it looks Aurora eighty eight. But look. Hey, look at that. It says Brian on it. It's got my name on it. Where did this come from? This came from Aurora. 
like when we visited? Um, I believe this was when they visited us for the first time. Oh, I don't so even this was remember a, that. This was a gift from Aurora. Wow. And um, I want to say it is a special nib grind, but I'm not sure if that's this pen. I don't think it, it is, actually. It actually looks like it might have it. I don't know. It's a fine. It says fine on the uh, feed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is just a fine. I don't think I have another pen that was per, that was um, custom ground. But no, I think this is just a plain. I don't Aurora remember them visiting us. That must have been a while ago. Because we were in the old space. Oh, so this was like seven okay. years ago, probably. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. So, yeah, just Aurora 88, Piston Fill, you know, classic pen. We don't have a whole lot of these these days because they've done more like special editions and stuff. We haven't picked them all up, but yeah. Nice How about pen. that? There you go. I had never seen that before. Mm-hmm. All right. This one is a weird one. Hey! What the heck is this? This is made out of bottle caps. What? Kind of like what we just talked Hold about. Hold on. It's like, recycled bottle caps. Like plastic, like yeah, water like literally bottle caps. bottle caps. Yeah. So this was an um, independent pen maker um, who, he actually gave me this pen when I went to Italy. He came to like a meetup that I did there. And oh. he gave me this pen. Um, when you went so to... Uh, um, when I went to... Um, like Stibula mm-hmm. and with Rachel? Yeah, I went to, uh, this was in Florence. Oh. So, yeah, there you go. So I don't know it if It feels really weird. It feels like it's melted down bottle caps. It, it's I mean, like, it's, it's soft. Yeah. It's like really soft. Because like bottle cap material, it's different than like It's kind of squishy almost. It does. It feels, it almost feels like, I don't want to say slimy, but it feels like a little slick. But it's not at all. Like, yeah, it's really weird. I, I've never just, felt anything like it. I don't know what type of plastic bottle caps are made out of, but, you know, that's what this is. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I'm trying to remember um, the gentleman's brand. I'm sorry that I can't recall it. There's no uh, imagery anywhere. There's no logo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was kind of a prototype sort of thing. He was trying to work on doing something with this. I I haven't followed up to see if he's ever done anything with it, but there you go. It's made out of bottle caps. That is fascinating. Kind of what I mentioned just a minute ago. All right. And then final one. Ooh. That thing. I do like this one. What is it? Um, this is, which brand is this? This is Platinum, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Platinum Affection. Affection. Yeah. Affection. It looks weird. It's really thin. It looks like it's wearing a waist cincher. It does. And it's a, it's got a little bowling pin type of a vibe going on. Because it's like, it's like kind of bulbous, like right, <laughs> right here yeah. above the center band. So, Oh, yeah. it's got that little nib. It does. It's got a tiny little. I nib. like that nib. Yeah, that's really the same nib, nib that's on like the uh, little um, the modern maquillers. Uh Except like... it's smaller, actually. Oh. So it's a similar shape to that, except it's even thinner. Oh my. Yeah, it's actually a decent writing pen. Yeah, those nibs are great. Yeah, and it'll take cartridges and converters, um, but it just barely fits in here. Was that ever sold in the U.S.? I don't think so. I'm pr- I'm trying to remember where I got this pen, and I don't remember, but I got it because it's blue. Did I get this in Japan? I might have gotten this in Japan. I don't know. Seems like something weird that I would have bought because it was blue. It the, the the shape is odd. Here, put the cap on again. Let me look at that whole shape. Yeah, look how it. Yeah, it's yeah. because it's like it seems like it's kind of cinched. Yeah, like it's a little fatter here. Yeah, and a little fatter here. Um, yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, I don't hate it. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Not a lot of. Platinum Super complicated. Affection. Yeah. All right. I wish I had more info about it, but that's... No, that's fine. There are three it is. interesting pens. Not a, not a ton of backstory, but mm-hmm. they, they caught my eye. Yeah. I You had originally... I had told Brian, because we 
hadn't prepared properly for this. I was like, all right, let me just grab some more random ones for your office. And I ran out and like last week I had him give me arbitrary numbers. Uh, he was ready on this one. So I'm walking out the door here and he's like, uh, one, three, four, five, six or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. I'll use that. And it took me right back to the Twisby Ecos again. Oh, so well, I, I there like, are a right. bunch of them. So. There are. God, there's so many. <laughs> it's like, that's a multi-tray stack. Yes, yeah. there's so many. Now so, that I've got them like all in one place. Like, so I didn't well, do that really because are. I'm like, oh, we're not going to do We did a Twisby last, a Twisby Eco last Fair week. Enough. So, Fair and enough. And it would just be a random, like, yep, there's a special edition 2014. Whatever. Sorry, we could we could keep this going for a while. I got a lot, a lot of pens in yeah, there. Yeah, you do. I, I had no shortage of possibilities there. Yeah. Well, if y'all like this, let us know. We'll keep it going. Anytime we can't come up with a spotlight. We'll a lot of people would just want a whole tour of all of your pen drawers that would be like a four hour it really thing. would, it would be so so many pens it's so many it's over a thousand pens like it's so many and i have a lot of history about some of those pens yeah maybe maybe for q a 100 we'll at least take a quick pass like on a pre-recorded video and maybe throw that in there right, or something think like about that, that. It'll give me incentive to get it better organized yeah. someone it's someone com- someone commented uh i'd love to organize brian's collection that sounds like fun so i copy and pasted that sent that to jen and she was like lol no <laughs> fun that's Brian's assistant she's been helping with the great reorganization of 2022 and it's a work in 2023 <laughs> it's a work in process that's right all right cool well that was fun all right let's move it on to what's happening all right, all right. Jay, I've, I've got i've got a lot of stuff that's been happening uh, um yeah fixing so, toilets oh uh, yeah i did fix the toilet all right i did fix the toilet so nice I bought the parts. I had to go back and buy some tank bolts, um, which mm. I did get stainless steel, by the way, per your nice. recommendation. Yep. So that's what you want. Because even if I didn't have to take the all, take it all apart, like those bolts were done. Like yeah. they were eventually they would have started falling apart and leaking anyway. Like yeah, they were one hundred percent done. Yeah. So got the tank off, installed the new flush valve. So it was the flush valve, not the fill valve. Okay. Fill valve was fine. Okay. I've replaced a bunch of those. Those are those are moderately easy okay so it was the flush valve that needed to be replaced also needed to replace the gasket attaching the tank to the bowl Mm -hmm. but i needed to cut um two of the three bolts off the back one i I don't know if maybe it was a different material but that one unscrewed fine the wing nut came right off of that but the two on the left and right totally you know rusted shut yikes so it was just so awkward getting in there so i went and bought some new better bits for my dremel um and getting up in there and trying to find enough leverage to, you know, not hit my tank or my bowl. Yeah. But also getting between above the wing nut, like there's no space there. Like, so basically I had to cut through the wing nut because it was flush to the tank. Yeah. So it was awful, especially the the side nearest the wall. Cause I'm just like, ah, it was very upsetting so and of course you don't really have any room there no no you don't and i and i and i i cleaned the toilet before i got started to make sure that you know there was nothing nasty down there but it's still just it's still gross it's still smelled the toilet yeah. yeah just i don't like it it's archer's toilet so oh boy yeah his, who knows what's going where in that <laughs> he doesn't have the best <laughs> maintenance habits i mean it's not his job we're taking care of it but still like i didn't i did not like being down there so it's done yeah. now but while i'm in there I hear the toilet in our bedroom just run for no reason. Oh, that's great. Yes. And then this morning, uh, I, I'm i brushing my teeth and I hear Shannon just go, uh-oh, the handle just snapped right off. Oh, my so gosh. That's an easy fix, but still, it's like <laughs> it just snapped right off. Just 
the plastic it's a plastic one not not the metal one so oh. whatever so i took the plastic left over i'm like all right honey reach down with this thing pull it up that's how we're gonna be flushing the toilet this week so <laughs> i'm not going back to lowe's this week i'm gonna say you're already like in toilet mode you uh, just keep it going God, no. no but oh. it's done it's good no leaks we're fine there um i did uh cut my face off though um been using this been using the safety razor used it with soap like oh. a actual shave soap brian oh, okay. brian k gave me four different soaps to use okay he gave me some Parasso, that like squishy stuff that uh, I feel like uh, I've heard of that. You have because Esterbrook was giving away oh, samples of that one time. Okay, so okay. that's like a cream. So I, I haven't used that yet. Okay. And then he gave me some samples of actual soap. Um, and um, is yeah. this different than like bar soap somehow? It like usually comes in a uh, tub that you unscrew and just kind of use your brush and. You know, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So he gave me some samples of that. So I did that. I had the badger hair brush. I soaked it beforehand. I thought you it. were like not into the badger hair thing. He, every, just... Everybody's insisting that that's what I need to do. That's, yeah. So that's what I did because I was told that it would make a huge difference. And um, Is it like the bulb syringe of the face shaving world? I guess. Everybody's telling me it's like the pen ink in the paper, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. You can't deny. So I did it. I soaked it. I thought I had a good lather uh-huh. and I just destroyed my face what? i i have never been so cut up during oh, shaving gosh. in my life what did you do it was you were everywhere. fine before normally if i get cut during shaving i get cut here okay but, um, under my chin yeah, but yeah. this was just everywhere oh gosh it was like oh man so i don't know what i did wrong but now everybody's like oh you just need to stick with it it'll take a while but i'm like why is it what is it should it be this Okay, so fountain pens might be a pain, but you're not like drawing blood, right? If like, you do it wrong, man. That's, that's... Every, even Brian was like, "Yeah, it took me a couple weeks to get my technique down." I'm like, "I don't want to take a couple weeks to get my technique down. It hurts." Wow. So now it was. It didn't really hurt. They're tiny, tiny cuts. You don't really. The, it's not painful until you like wash them off and try to touch them. But mm. yeah, I don't know, man. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to try okay. a different soap next time. All right. All right. Try to get a better, better lather. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, mean, I might need to, you know, add some more water and I'm going to stick with it though. All right. I'm going to, right. I have determined. no advice to give you here because you've already gone further than I have. No, I've got a lot, a lot, a lot of people actually came forward and, you know, gave me some suggestions, yeah? but uh, okay. I'll, uh, most of it boils down to the fact that I just need to keep with it. And okay, you just need practice. Get, get better, yeah. Okay, just be better at it. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. I've got a new blade to try and everything, so we'll see. It's kind but, of like, like, how do you improve your handwriting? It's like, well, <sighs> you kind of just have to practice. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So sticking with that. All right. Um, Took the dogs to the dog park this weekend. Uh, okay. Two of the three. Dinah, she's the uh, 12-year-old. She doesn't really care for the dog park. She doesn't like being around other dogs. She doesn't mm. get aggressive or mean or anything. She's just like always looks very bothered. Kind of over it. Yeah. So we yeah. took uh, Hank and Felix, okay. uh, father and son, and there was only one dog there, and they just chased that poor dog around the entire time. <laughs> That's they what them did. They're herders, so they oh, just want to They just want to yeah. chase. So before that, though, <laughs> poor little dog. Um, Shannon opens the hatch back to the car, uh-huh. and she has a hand on one dog. And so I was going to get under there and get my hand on the other dog so they don't just jump out. So I was like, hang on, hang on, wait, 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 wait. And then too late, Hank bolted with his stumpy legs off the back of the car onto the asphalt and just started running through the parking lot. Oh my god! In short pump. Um, and I just start booking it after him. And uh, he's running towards another dog who just got out of the gated dog park area. Oh, wow. And 
I don't know what this dog is going to do. I don't know what he's going to do. We're right next to a very busy road. So I just leap onto the sidewalk. Oh my gosh. Roll into a catching position with him. Destroyed my knee and my, oh my jeans. Gosh. Lost a pair of jeans. Jeez. Lost some skin on my, you know, pinky here. But Holy cow. Uh, no, that one. Yeah, right there. Uh, I got him, but I was like, Shannon, just wait. I told you to wait. <laughs> oh gosh. He probably would have just wanted to say hello to the dogs, but like he like I he's gotten loose in out of the house before and he just runs. Wow. He's terrible at listening to his name. And mm. I'm trying to work with him on that. Like giving him a treat every time he responds to his name. But if he's got his mind on like if he knows I'm he's gonna get a treat, then yeah, he'll listen. Yeah. But if there's something else, it's like nothing else exists. Wow. So we just need to be extra careful. Mm. So that sucked. Mm. And then we took them to get a bath because the amount of hair that they have bathing them in our one tub is just not something we want to do. So there's mm. this place called Dog Crazy um, okay. right across the street from the park and that has like a little stall for dog baths. Okay, You pay ahead, they give you a little token, you put it in the machine and it's like a car wash and you can change the little nozzles <laughs> and everything like that. Nice. So we did that with both dogs. Uh, that was also exhausting. But it sounds like a lot of work. We got it done. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Did they enjoy themselves though? I think so. Like, yeah. No, Felix didn't like being uh, dried. That freaked oh. him out. He did not like the uh, the air dryer. So, okay. but Shannon had to do Felix. So <laughs> <laughs> I got to do Hank and he was fantastic. Nice. Uh, but he, it was his fault that my knee was actively bleeding. Oh, geez. So wow. that happened. And then uh, Monday was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Mm -hmm. So the Goulet Pen Company's closed, offices yeah. were closed. Mm -hmm. So I took the opportunity to take Archer, who uh, um, got really good grades on his, on his last report card, to Dave & Buster's, the restaurant slash arcade, um, because I told him I would. So I want to encourage the good grades, but not harp on it too much. Mm -hmm. But I want to acknowledge that he did a good job. So we took him to Dave & Buster's. You know, I spent the $35 pack, which was like 200 credits, and it was gone in 15 minutes. Yeah. It's like he didn't even want to play games. He just wanted to, like, do the things to get him. To get tickets. Tickets. So, basically, it was like I paid $35 for a five-foot-tall inflatable baseball bat <laughs> and a little raccoon plushie. Like, that's what it amounted to. Like, which you could probably get it at, like, the dollar store or something. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But he had fun. It meant a lot to him. He, yeah. You know, when he gets the, the thrill of, like, hitting the right number and getting 100 tickets, yay. But, yeah, so there's really nothing for a, an 8-year-old with a giant inflatable bat to do <laughs> other than hit his dad with it for <laughs> the entire weekend nice. or for the rest of the day anyway. <laughs> so that's been happening. And I'm like, every time he hits me with it, I'm like, would my dad have let me do this? <laughs> no. All right. Well, I'll keep letting him do it then. Just because I just want to give him what I didn't have. And I'm like, all right, there's a limit here. Like, right. just just yeah. stop. Like, I'm, I'm all staticky now because you've hit me with this baseball bat too many times. While you're recovering from your, like, diving God. event with Hank. So, yeah, he has that. Wow. And right. I keep trying to put it in his playroom and it still manages to find it its way back. down into the kitchen. <laughs> so it's gigantic. It's How, taller than he is. Five feet tall? I think so, around that. Oh, my gosh. It gave me the inches measurement on the package. I'm like, all right, I guess that's probably, a, I mean, obviously, it's a giant baseball bat. But then he inflated it in the car. I'm like, it's like coming up into the driver's seat. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I don't, what? <laughs> why? But, that reminds me of, uh, you know, Richard Scary, the yeah. world of Richard Scary. Um, so when the kids were really young, uh, Rachel's mother had bought online, bought 
it was like the biggest, you know, whatever, biggest Richard's big, it was called something about the biggest book. And she was thinking biggest in terms of like thickest. Right. But no, it was like physically, it was like three feet tall by like two feet wide. So you what? unfold it and it's like a tent. Oh my god! Literally the kids when they were toddlers would use this as a tent. And she could never, just never live that down. Oh, that's we, so we funny. Just imagine, like, she's like, oh, yeah, I've got a book coming. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. And then we get the book and we're like, what in the world is this? And she was like, I didn't know it would be that big. It oh was, was massive. Yeah. Paper tent. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Oh, goodness. It was like cardstock at least. So it was pretty, it was pretty, like, it had substance to it. Oh, wow. But still, it was pretty fun. Yeah, just oh, my God. kind of funny. Like the bat thing. Just you're just like. This thing is massive, yep. way bigger than I thought, even though yep. I knew it was big. We, we, my wife and I both have times where we fail to measure something when buying uh, something online that we mm-hmm. have uh, it's, quickly happens. regretted. Yep. It happens. I, yep. did, I did that before. I bought, so this is uh, related to woodworking. I bought clamps. Um, they, some call it called like A clamps. Yeah. You know, so it's like little spring clamps. Sure. Well, I bought ones that were like two inch spring clamps, thinking two inches was the opening of the mouth of the spring clamps. These were two inches long, so they're like barely the size that you could like clip like a bag of potato chips or oh something. Oh my god! And so I had, I got a hundred of these like they have maybe a half inch. Were those those metal ones? Oh, I see <laughs> those all around these? the office. Yeah, yeah I still see. I some use them now. everywhere because oh, I was like, yes. what am I gonna do with a hundred yeah. of these little two inch long clamps that only open to about a half an inch? That explains why I still see them around from time to time. Is because you had so freaking They're, many. Yeah, I didn't know what to do with them. I was oh, like, well, fine. I can't do anything with these in the like wood shop. Do you remember? You know? So we use them for just like paper clips, basically. Do you remember last week when I said that anytime I need to hang something up in my little tiny shed, I just put a nail in the wall? Yeah. I walked in there the other day and realized that there was just a random like grocery store bag hanging from a nail because I had like I had like a uh, some foam and a random like, you know, one of those green cutting mats yeah, yeah, yeah. just stuffed in a, you know, grocery bag. And I'm like, I need to put this somewhere. I didn't want to put it on the floor. So I'm like, all right, tuck, tuck, tuck. <laughs> it's a plastic just bag. That to the wall. The wall. Nice, nice. <laughs> Stupid. That's great. Uh, and then um, I finished the video game I was playing. I was playing Horizon Forbidden West. Ended up finishing it. Ended up loving it a lot more once I brought down the difficulty and started just ignoring a lot of parts of the game because it was mm. just overly complicated. Mm. It was a sequel and they just tried to add too much stuff, yeah. too many weapons, too many elements of ammunition. I'm like, once I just stopped caring, I enjoyed mm. it a lot more just for the story and the environment. Nice. Very rich narrative. Yeah. And the cast was the thing that ultimately blew my mind because every non-playable character had a completely different, very human face. Hmm. Not like the same head with like a different face painted on it. Like, but you could tell that each person was motion captured and cast wow. like they were actual humans. It's crazy. How they and do that. yeah, I've never seen anything like it. it was really cool for the huh. immersion. So they all seemed like very imperfect, you know, not, not perfectly symmetrical. They all just seemed like regular people. You'd see it like the grocery store or something like that. And I really valued that. I'd never seen that in a video game before. Hmm. And it just kind of made everything a lot more rich. So That's I don't cool. have a next game to play yet. So I'm kind of in limbo there, hmm. but I did go to the library um, to take some something back, and I went ahead and looked in the comic book section. Okay. Because they have comics. I haven't yeah. read comics in a long time. I was obsessed oh, yeah. with comic books for years, around, you know, from, from the mid-'90s, and I took a break and got really back into them in the late-'90s and early-2000s. And then I've been – I've t- taken a break, but I rented some – I borrowed some comic books from the library. And, nice. Nice. Uh, I picked up a Batman book, a Green Arrow book, and a Nightwing book. Huh. And Green Arrow was okay. Nightwing was amazing. 
Yeah. Like I am just so reminded that I love these so much. Nightwing is like my boy. I like it. I love That's cool. Um, so Nightwing was the original Robin. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. he went he struck out on his own nice. and became Nightwing. And uh, I probably have the most of his comics. The single issues, like my Nightwing, I have one of those big cardboard wow, oh, yeah. things. Yeah, all, all Nightwing. Love wow. it. So that was just so cool. And I told Shane, I'm like, I think I want to start buying some more comic books. And she's t- super cool with it. She's like, okay, yeah, go for it. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Since when do you? There's a couple of my hobbies. She's just like, yes, I'm glad you're into this. And for wow. whatever reason, comic books has been one. Like she, <laughs> I've always mentioned, like, should I get rid of all my you know, giant cases of comics? She's like, no, 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 no. I think it's cool you have a comic collection Okay. So, wow. yeah, I think I might start picking up some more of those here and there. Very cool. Not, not like, I'm not going to get back into the single issue thing. Like, those those days, long past. Yeah, but. is that like, I mean, I'm, I'm not as, like, up to date on where those stand now, but I know comics for a while were, like, going crazy because, like, everybody was collecting them and all that kind of stuff. But then didn't it kind of, like, have a bubble? A I don't bit? know. Like there was like it was to the point where they, like they were making limited editions and special editions for everything. I'm sure it's I'm, I kind of overdid it. But I, I, I didn't know like suspect, how hot it was still was. I'm sure it's just been on a steady decline. Like people, digital comics are very much a thing now, okay. so it's hmm. probably still declining. But okay, but you uh, like the paper comics? Like oh the, yeah, definitely no, never yeah. digital, never oh. digital, not one. I have no interest in that. Fair enough. Um, I don't even like digital video games. If you can't sell it, you don't own it. That's my opinion. Wow. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to be checking more of that out. And, right. uh, yeah, that's about it. Cool. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. Drew's adventures. Fair enough. I don't have quite as much of excitement as you have to share, but um did get to do something fun. Um, so, Joseph is really into Lego. I know this. And uh, there is a... I don't know what you would call it. I guess like sort of a franchise store called Bricks and Minifigs. So it's not like an official company Lego store, but it's like a chain of franchises for like a Lego enthusiast. Do they sell store. official Lego stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. But they they like you can trade stuff in. They sell like random Lego parts. They have really? out, you know, like old sets that you can't get anymore. Where? This is over um, the Silver Diner right near Short Pump there. It's like right right diagonally from from that. Uh, I'll get get you the address, but it just opened up like a month ago, so it's relatively new. Silver Diner. Yeah, you know where Silver Diner is. That's like near me. Yeah, it's it's not that far from you. Yeah, it's like diagonally across the way from that. Oh no. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't know. Yeah, you know where like the shoe carnival is. Yeah. It's right there. It's like right next to that. What? Literally right <gasps> next to it. Yeah. Yeah, go I check it out. It's pretty cool. I drive by there every day. Yeah, go check it out. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, Joseph went there, and he saved up some money, and he got some, like, you know, they have some, like, base plates that are different colors, and he got just, like, parts. You know, you can just go. Joseph's all about some base plates. He likes to set them up. Like He's he, really he, gotten into, like. He likes the. Creating, like, Like, the diorama. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Diorama. Yeah, he's, he's doing some diorama stuff, and he's, like. You know, he'll kind of pick through the bin of like random Lego. So you can get like little tubs and you bags and stuff like that and just fill it with random parts. So like they're trading stuff in all the time. So you can just buy like minifigures that you piece together. Or they have all kinds of like Star Wars, like collectible minifigures that get to astronomical prices. Like just the little ridiculous. Just the little guy. Yeah. But like specific collectible. Oh, my God. You know? And Joseph's all into that. Oh, so no. I'm trying to like. But he also is not that motivated to work. So he doesn't <laughs> buy the really expensive ones. 
He like looks up which ones are really expensive, and then I look and it's like seventy five dollars for so a mini fig. So jo- Joseph has and the expensive hobby, but Ellie has the insane work ethic. Yes, yes. So the two of them together could pair up and be a, a dynamic duo, but Ellie can spend some money too. That's not just a Joseph thing. I gotcha. But, you know, we'll see. I'm, but I'm just like, hey, does it like if you really want that? Like, That's cool. By all means, like I'll take you to the store. So was this the, his first time going? His first time going. That was on oh, Saturday, I think it was. Nice. But it was pretty busy because it was a Saturday, mm. and so they, you know, I kind of talked to the guy that ran the place, and he was like, oh yeah, he's like, we put new stuff out every day. He's like, there's always new stuff. So and and, I, and he was like, yeah, we're kind of picked over now because we went at like four o'clock on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then we went and had dinner. And um, so I was like, okay, cool. Uh, well, Joseph, maybe we can come out here again sometime. And he was like, how about tomorrow? And I was like, okay, dude. Like, So I had like a dentist appointment that was sort of nearby. This was yesterday on Monday. And so I was like, hey, Joseph, do you want to come? Like, if you come with me to my dentist appointment, like, it will be right there. I can take you. You know, and we went and he got some more little pieces. Was it was like it that, so. less picked over? It was, it was uh, yeah, it was, they had different stuff out. And wow. In just few, a day. Far fewer people. This was two days later. Oh, but, okay. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, I think they're okay. new stuff all the time. So, yeah. So, I think I can see probably having to go there a lot in my future. And Ellie and Rachel were pretty much, like, done as soon as we went in there. <laughs> so, it was well, pretty much like. I get my hair cut across the street at uh, Parkside. Okay. Um, and that, that's a great place to get your hair cut if you ever wanted to okay. check them out. I'll have to keep that in mind. What are you trying to say? I'm I, saying you could do that, and I, then if Joseph came with to, you, just like the dentist situation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Um, so we went there twice. That was fun. Um, took some more trees down. Finally, was able to record one falling. <gasps> so I didn't get the whole process start to finish, but I at least got it when it started. Like, I got the phone out as it was beginning to fall, and then the whole thing kind of fell. So nice. I, I will overlay the footage here, but finally got one falling down. Um, but yeah, I, I took four trees down in one day and, uh, two of them got just hung up terribly. Ah. One of them like literally hung up so bad that I like had it at a 45 degree angle, like in the air trying to like pull it out. It was kind of ridiculous. So I think I have a picture hung up on other branches. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, these trees are really, really tall. And if there's not a lot of room for them to fall, they don't really get all the momentum that they need. So like they just start to fall like maybe 10 degrees and uh, then all their branches just get tangled up with another tree. And I'm like, great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, there's two, a couple techniques you can do. You can either try to grab the bottom of it and pull it so that it kind of like slides down and gravity takes it down. Mm-hmm. But some of these trees get really freaking heavy and that's really, really difficult to do. Um, or alternatively, you try to chop you know, four feet or so off and you just kind of like chunk it down until it shortens itself up enough where it doesn't get hung up and then it falls over. The problem is when you chunk it down like that, every time you do that, it stands up more and more vertically. So you can only do that to it gets to a point where then it's unpredictable as to where it's going to go. So it's, it's a dynamic process that you have to kind of be careful, you know, where, where you're doing it and keeping safety in mind and you're working in the middle of the woods. So there's, all kinds of crazy terrain and stuff like that. So I guess it keeps it exciting. My asking you to cut something down with a axe wasn't enough. We did have a comment last week saying, "Oh, he should try a saw next time." Oh, I mean, saw would be easier than an axe, honestly. Yeah, because it's more like a chainsaw. Yeah, have yeah. you done that with just a? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I've done that with this like is not, smaller. This is small, how you do it? Is that <laughs> Drew definitely knows how to do a saw? I mean, you theoretically you could do it like that. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I've definitely cut stuff down with a handsaw before, yeah. but maybe like three, four inches at the most, right, right, you know, because right. other than that, it's like, why would you not use a chainsaw? 
you know, because, you know, it's, 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 there's, there's safety concerns as well. I think you, you need know. to get you and your tree buddy out there with one of those old school double saws those, you see like, in like the old like lumber. In the red, yes. Where you like need to stand on the planks, yes. you know, to cut the tree down because it's so big. You always see like gnomes or some like <laughs> mythical humanoid doing big. it. We have tall trees, but the trees are, I mean, the biggest diameter tree I've ever taken down is probably 20 inches or so. You know, that's pretty big, mm -hmm. but you know, it's not, not anything that would require a two person saw quite like that. No. But a handsaw of that size, that would be, that would take some doing. That would be a workout. But I could do it, theoretically. The concept wouldn't be any different than a chainsaw, yeah. I wouldn't think. Just yeah. need to get one. I don't have a saw like that. <gasps> I have like a, just like a, like a regular, just like a handsaw, like you would have. I think for a double, double-handed saw would look great, just kind of mounted somewhere, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Right above your wood shop door as I, like a nice. That would, that, that, they do uh, look cool. Uh, they uh, do look cool. There we go. Where do you buy those? What's that even called? I'll find one for you. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, that's when Rachel will know I've jumped the shark when I buy. <laughs> the why, decorative saw. She's like, why do you as a single individual need a two-person saw? And I'd be like, well. You, 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 need, you recruit the use of a tree spotter from time to time. I have, I've worked with a guy. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's for when something gets a little sure. too dicey for safety. You are very, yeah, you're a very safe woodsman. I am very safe. I am very safe. Yeah. So anyway, so I mostly cut up those trees and then I do have a couple that are still kind of chilling there. Cause like fell them across like where the creek is and now I've got to like go and. But they're not going anywhere. Like they're not going anywhere dangerous. If they fall, they're going to no. fall the right direction. No, they're falling just in the middle of the woods. Great. Yeah, there's nothing around them. So that's fun. Um, still working in my shop, doing some more French cleats, going nuts with that. Not much to show. It's just like, yep, there's more pieces of wood that I've screwed to the wall. I just did a <laughs> whole lot more of it. I think I've cut up like four full sheets of plywood now to make those cleats, which is kind of a lot of them. So. Dang. Lots of sanding. My my hands are very like scarred and cut up because I just keep, keep sanding and then, you know, I'm trying to hold a piece of wood and then I hit it with the edge of the sander and oh. you do that 30 or 40 times and it's going to chew up your knuckles a little bit. So, mm. you know, just what do you like use that. for sanding? Uh, depends what I'm sanding. Ah. I have many, many, many sanders in many Should've forms. Should have expected. Yeah. Um, but this one is mostly like a hand, like random orbit sander, like a six inch. So do those go all the way around or they do that? They go all the way around. Okay. Yeah. This, this thing, that's an oscillating saw, right? Yeah. Well, this this oscillates and so it, it spins in circles amongst itself and it spins around. Okay. That helps to minimize the like swirly pattern that you'll Oscillating see. though just is a back and forth, not yeah, a 360. Yeah. Usually if you have a sheet sander, that's just like a square. Those usually just vibrate back and forth. Yeah. I so. bought one of those to use once and I returned it after I was done with it. Really? Yeah. Did it not work right? Or you just. Oh, it worked fine. I was just done with it. it. Oh, Drew. <laughs> basically rented it for free. Yes. Oh, Drew. I've never done that. But I was going to, I was going to keep it if I thought I was like, okay, you know what? This is actually really cool. I will use this again. But I'm like, no, I'm not. So I do the opposite. I'm like, I, I think I'm going to need this tool no, for this I next like, project. No, it was. And honestly, it wasn't that great to begin with. So mm. I did have a reason to, I, it wasn't impressive. So yeah. I did something that the people who bought my last house probably didn't know I did. Oh boy. Which was, I couldn't fit my refrigerator into the spot where oh I needed boy. a refrigerator uh -oh. because the cabinets above it were too low. So okay. I just kind of like took a chunk out of the bottom of the cabinets okay. to uh, get the fridge in there. For the fridge? I mean, that's... It looked bad. <laughs> oh, gosh. It looked very bad. It but was, like, know, wavy. Oh, was boy. You would have 
it would have made you well, sad. Well, if you had a better sander, so it's really the sander. That's why you had to return it. I had to return it. Because it wasn't yeah. a proper sander. Oh, yeah. definitely. My, my skill was... Hmm. So you were like sanding like up uh-huh. above your head. Mm-hmm. That can get interesting. Yeah. yeah. It had a little bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was okay. still messy. And yeah, I mean, that, they have those bags, but they don't really do no. anything. No, it was a tiny little bag. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They fill up like instantly. Stupid. Wow. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, so essentially something not that different from that is what I use for like many, many, many hours. That That is my entirety of yeah. the uh, of my context and experience with it. Some sort of powered sander. No. I have, I have many other sanders. I belt sanders. I have disc sanders. I have a lot of like stationary sanders that I work with, but then I have hand sanders and of various sizes. Yeah. Do you have like a sander department of your? I have like yeah, shop? kind of like the back wall that I have is like all various sanders. Nice. You know, because sometimes like, you know, especially once you get like stationary equipment. You, uh, you're, you're sanding, but sometimes you have like different grits of sanding, you know? So sometimes you need really aggressive sure. ones. Sometimes you need ones that are not as aggressive, especially if you're doing woodworking and metalworking. You don't necessarily want to share those. Oh yeah, no. So I end, you end up with a whole bunch of different sanders Yeah. and they're not, you know, they're pretty simple machines. Makes sense. They just spin yeah. around and you put sandpaper on it. And they just need to create friction to in some way. Pretty much. So yeah, I like sanders. They do good things. So yeah. And then, um, uh, Joseph's 13th birthday is coming up, which is ridiculous, and I don't understand how that's happening so quickly. So, yeah, that'll be happening. 13. We're doing something. I can't remember what, but we're doing something for his birthday. He's keeping it pretty chill, though. Sounds like him. He's not doing a big thing. Yeah. I think he's had maybe a couple of friends over and just keeping it easy, playing nice. video games or something. He's 13 at this point. That like, sounds awesome. Doing, yeah, it's pretty much... he's. He's very well settled into like who he is and has no desire to do anything else. So that is something. Try to broaden his horizons a little bit, but he's just, he's kind of like Rachel. That's and just, great. Yeah. Rachel's kind of that way. She's just like, I kind of know what I like. You're like, well, we could try this thing. I'm like much more the opportunist. I'm like, we could try this thing. And she's like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Joseph and Rachel, both in that camp. As me and, me and, me and Ellie are a little more like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's try this new random thing. Yeah. No, not those two. <laughs> so yeah we'll be doing something low key and that's it that's all I've got going on so, that's what's happening yep alright real quick company updates so we don't have a ton going on it's a slower time of year for us new products wise and whatnot. we had our holiday this week we'll have uh, non- I, th- I thought we had another holiday coming up but I think it's just a school holiday so that's not important no we do have a holiday coming up do we have a coming um, up uh, in February. Beginning of February. Yeah. Okay. So that's coming up, but it's not for a little bit. Um, but uh, we got a video published on the Visconti Mirage Mythos. Yes. And uh, I was so inspired by Brian Goulet and his history of saying converter when he should say cartridge and vice versa that I decided to do that totally on purpose. Yes. So in that video. You can look back and see him. Yeah. Taking that inspiration. Yeah. And I tell you that the uh, the pillows in the um, Visconti boxes, I knew they were there. I knew they were there. (laughs) And I I guess I forgot for a second, but then just... Just delighted. I you. like them a lot. Yeah, I really do. It's fun. I like how that always gets you. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just, they don't things. need to be there at all. I don't know. It just you know, it brings you joy. It does. It brings you joy. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, that's all we got going on right now, and uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up. Well, we want to thank everybody for watching. Please leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Ask us some questions so that we can keep this thing going. Uh, you can check out gulepens.com for fountain pen, ink, paper, 
stuff. Uh, you can shoot us an email at pencast at gulepens.com, especially if you're an audio listener. And uh, since we were talking about Legos, I have a Lego-themed fun fact. Oh, not the most timely thing in the world. That's fine. That's great. This is La- an the easy last one. two have been so mean. I, I, I felt like I've been, you know, oh, just draining that's you. Fantastic. The last you. couple of weeks. So it does have a number in it, but it's not. I was, math, I was like based. braced. Like, I'm like, I'm like ready to be attacked. I'm like, no, 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 no. I was going like to take. I'm about easy to be in a car crash. Like, no, no, no. It's all easy. It's all okay, easy. Okay. Um. So we're a little bit past the holiday season right now, but during the holiday season, which I guess is Lego's like peak time. Oh sure. Uh, there are approximately 29 Lego sets sold every second. 29? 29 sets every second across the world are sold during the holiday season. Oh, my God. Isn't that incredible? That is insane. And we contribute to that because it's basically all everything Joseph wanted yeah, this year. Yeah, Archer got the uh, coding robot and he got uh, the Mandalorian N1 Starfighter. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to just nod like I know what that means. It's a Star Wars ship. Yep. Joseph rattles off. He's less Minecraft rattling off spontaneous Minecraft facts these days, much more the Lego Star Wars ship names and random facts about which minifigure was in which one of, set. And one of so the on. games I'm debating on buying is um, the new Lego Star Wars game. Yeah. It looks a lot of fun. It, Joseph is playing that right now. It and looks he's like, enjoying the heck out of it. It looks like a ton of fun. Yeah. I just don't know. Like those Switch games are always full price, though, and I just mm. yeah. You're paying for like franchise on top of franchise. You're I paying Disney. If, you're paying. Just you don't know, know if I'm willing to do Nintendo, that. Like, I need to find a good ten dollar game out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and that one ain't gonna go down anytime soon. You just know it's like got all the it's got all the makings of the a, Donkey is... Kong Tropical Freeze game is another one <clears throat> that's on my list. But again, oh. 50, 60 so bucks. Think, wow. So. Okay. Well, Especially the Nintendo titles. Anything yeah, with the Nintendo characters now. Yeah. They're, well, they're good games, though. Like, I know. They do, yeah. they do hold up. That's true. Well, I don't want to tell you other than Joseph enjoys it and says a lot of things at me about it. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Is that, is that right? My, my family has, has made fun of me now because is that right? <laughs> is my, like, go-to dad response phrase. Shannon asked this weekend, she said to Archer, why do you always just say, hey, dad, before everything you say? <laughs> and he's like, uh, well, it's funny. I'm just, he picks me up from school. So I'm just used to just saying, hey, dad, at him. It's nothing personal. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's what he says. She's like, okay, well, that that's valid. All right. Yeah. I mean... He's getting your attention. You're his dad. I also Makes can't. Sense. I also can't like not pay attention. I either am paying attention to nothing or yeah. everything. Okay. So either I'm ignoring him completely, or I'm 100% invested in everything he says. Like right. I don't have an in between. Yeah. So I get. I think he knows that. Like mm. between Shannon and I, like sometimes she'll be like, "Oh, okay, you don't say." But, but me, I'm <laughs> Is just that like. Right? But me, I'm just like. <laughs> In order like to locked in, yeah, I have to be. It, yeah. it, it's one or the other. Yeah. So I think he knows that about me that I can't help. He knows he's got to like snap you to it. And then and once then he does, he has he's me. Got you. Yeah. I'm like, yes, tell me more about the Gujitsu characters. Oh, what is that? It's just a toy line where these stretchy, gooey figures. I haven't heard of this. It's just a toy. And then they gave it some like really jankety Netflix show that's basically just a commercial for the toys i mean that's all kid shows this is really really like unabashed it looks like it was made in like flash 2007 (laughs) like 
like the shows we had when we were kids. <laughs> They're all just commercials. This one, I think the toys came first, though. Okay. But then again, the Ninja Turtle toys came before the TV show. So Did they really? Uh-huh. I did not know that. I believe so. Huh. Oh, cool. Now I'm not so sure you're making me second guess. Either way. Know. It's not important. Nah. But anyway, if you're here this long, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for watching, and right on.